Is this the year you want to grow your business? Do you want to expand your team? Build a new office? Hey, it's Tug, and I want to tell you about First Liberty Building and Loan. Aren't you exhausted by going to lenders, building a relationship, and a week later, you're dealing with a new person? You won't have to with First Liberty Building and Loan. The Frost family has been helping businesses grow since the 90s, and they can help you too. They know the patterns, they know the ebbs and flows, and they know business. Now the Frost family wants to know you. FirstLibertyGA.com. Buying a building, building a building, buying a franchise, or expanding. Reach out and spend 10 minutes with them. See if you're a fit for them and if they're a fit for you. FirstLibertyGA.com. By the way, if you're a young banker and you want to work with a team that's faith-friendly with a culture of excellence, First Liberty might be a good match. Reach out to First Liberty Building and Loan at FirstLibertyGA.com. That's FirstLibertyGA.com. Look out. It's only me. <laughs> it's only the Kimmer with Pete Davis, sidekick producer at Sports Rack on Tour Extraordinaire, and the mechanical mangler at the controls. You know him as Flounder. You know on the day I was born. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, we got a whole boatload of stuff going on today here. The Kimmer, Pete, and Flounder action. 303. Uh, 106.3, how's it going? Here's a phone number. We love phone calls, and there's a lot to react to if you feel like it. 404-741-1230. And uh, we got a billion things. And uh, now I assume, I think the weather's cleared. Uh, and, yes, uh, I went downstairs and had to pick up some food, and the sun was out. Well, there you are. I'm looking through the window, and I see sunny uh, sky across the street. So, wow, that was something, though, for a while. And um, anyway, that's just, you know, it's all good. It's winter, so it could be a lot worse. I remember the time we got stranded a couple of times, God, back in 2006 maybe or seven. Is that Snowmageddon? Yeah, a couple of times at uh, the old radio station sitting on the floor in the office for two days. <laughs> that was not 2006? Good. More like Wasn't 2013 it? or 2014. Oh, was that when I came back? Yes. Yeah, it was 2013. when we got fired. Yeah. Oh, that's right, too. Yeah, it was 10 years ago, 11 years ago, 10 years ago. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was yeah, that was pretty. And it was because Pete was, at the time, you were driving some little pansy-ass little electric oh, car yeah. or something. Oh, yeah, a Honda Civic SI. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's yeah, And, and I had my hot rod, and, and I tried to get out of the parking garage and couldn't get yeah. up the hill because there's there so much torque on that car that it just wouldn't go. It wouldn't go. Yeah, that's and, excuse. And Pete just goes, zoop, zoop, and up he goes. Yeah. Who you was sleeping home. in his warm bed? Yeah, for two yeah nights. I'm sure I'm saying you went home. You were fine. You had you. In fact, didn't you get pulled over by a cop and it said, "Hey, sir, uh, you can't be going through red lights here or something." Didn't you like no. sliding through it? Oh, bull, uh, bullshit! You were you got no. pulled over by somebody. I know there were you no, did. There were no cops on the road. Believe me. Well, you, there was, was a. The I know you told a story once. People were on the road. They were just stuck. It took me 18 and a half oh. hours to get home. Yeah, I believe yeah. 13 hours. To Absolutely. Get home. I used hours. to because I used to work off Embry Road in Alpharetta, and I lived oh. in Grandpa. Park. Oh, oh no! It, it took me six hours alone to get from Embry Road yeah. to 400. Oh, I, I remember that. Uh, well, we all went through it. I mean, if you were here, uh, yeah. just uh, brutal. Hill, Hill. And of course, you all made fun of us up north. And then it was about two weeks later, they had their own ice storm, and, and uh, we all, you know, whatever. Who's anyway. the mayor? Uh, Kasim Reed went on. One of the national shows and made a complete ass bag out of himself and yeah. made us look bad. Yeah. Oh, in fact, I saw, I was seeing in the Al Jazeera Constipation, the AJC, this morning, there was an article about uh, how uh, most of Atlanta's 
uh, mayors met to salute the anniversary, 50-year anniversary of Maynard Jackson being sworn in. Uh, I covered him. I, I was the guy when I worked in the, uh, I came here in 1972, and during the election, I covered the Maynard Jackson campaign. And, uh, and and it was 50 years ago, uh, sure, here in Atlanta, and, and they had a big meeting. And among other people they, they had uh, showing up at the meeting was Bill Campbell. <laughs> I thought he was still in prison. <laughs> and Shirley, ja- Shirley Franklin, uh, the hate mayor, uh, who tried to divide the city more than anybody in year. Oh, uh, unbelievable. And I thought, yeah, how, how proud you must be. Uh, a bunch of convicted scumbags. Anyway, uh, 404-741-1230, 307. Uh, we got a million things here. We'll talk about the national. Uh, Pete Davis, any surprise in the national championship? football game Michigan beating uh Wisconsin 34 to 13 and uh, Wolverines and yeah big question is how much do the ACC refs get paid not to call any holdings uh, against Michigan <laughs> well I, I didn't see a, a lot of the game once it was clear that they were not going to lose I think and I was celebrating because my uh, my uh, son-in-law and my uh, uh, grandson Brady were at the game they went they were they had somebody gave them tickets and they went to the game so I uh, posted a picture on Facebook and I'm all I'm happy for them because they're huge Michigan fans and he went to Michigan law school as well as university anyway uh, so I'm happy for them but I didn't watch a hell of a lot of the game but uh now, uh, just quickly, of course, holy crap, at sports after five. But just as a real quick thing, uh, any more comments about the Wisconsin quarterback as a possible Atla- uh, Atlanta Falcon uh, draft pick? Name me who Pickens, the Wisconsin or, quarterback is. Wasn't that, uh, uh, I mean, uh, Washington, actually Wisconsin, I mean Washington, yeah. the Huskies, uh, Pickson or Pickin, whatever. I'm, did I say Washington? I said Wisconsin, didn't I? I meant Washington. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, idiots. Oh, well, that's why I'm not doing sports. <laughs> Well, the thing with Penix is he's exciting. He's had two major knee injuries and a shoulder injury, and he's just in college. So buyer beware. Yeah, I agree. Anyway, uh, we'll talk. We'll, we'll uh, you know, blah, 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 blah. we got more things coming up here. Um, and uh, uh, some breaking news things. We'll talk about Ray Epps. Obviously, a plant, and it shows more FBI duplicity and political expediency, and how our FBI director, Christopher the Cossack, a suspected Russian double agent, Ray from Atlanta, the disgrace of Atlanta, is uh, clearly once again uh, denying anything to do with uh, what happened actually on January 6th, and mostly peaceful Ashley Babbitt Day. Also, Donald Trump, uh, we'll have, we have the court case. Oh, by the way, I'll have two, I have two different examples of how two different news sources covered Today's meeting in court with Donald Trump, deciding, uh, trying to decide with a, a three-judge panel whether he can even be prosecuted for his crimes again uh, by Jack Smith. So we'll get uh, two different versions. See if you can tell the difference. Also, uh, you'll hear uh, a couple of reporters talking about, uh, gee, uh, laughing and joking about how fun it would be if Donald Trump was riding in a convertible and got uh, got assassinated. Well, we'll also talk. <laughs> Fanny Willis, Fanny, uh, the district attorney of Fulton County. Oh, Fanny, you are green. You try to hide. You're a tramp. Oh, oh, Fanny. Yeah, the homewrecker, Fulton County's own DA homewrecker, Fanny Willis. Yeah, she apparently, she apparently is not over and not only a big fan of the gangbangers that she's uh, gangbanging on trial. Apparently, wasn't she having like having affairs with a bunch of the gangbangers she's been prosecuting? And now it turns out uh, one of the guys she she uh, yeah. 
yeah, allegedly my ass. Uh, and one of the guys that she hired, well, the big guy she hired on her team had no business being hired. And he paid her, uh, she paid him like a million dollars to do stuff for her. And they're, they're having an affair the whole time. And then he turned around and paid the money for their lavish vacation. I mean, this is unbelievable. Uh, we'll talk about this scandal. Fanny, oh, Fanny, Fanny, you're a tramp. <laughs> oh, by the way, uh, once it became clear that somebody involved in the Trump case Who's being uh, who's being uh, persecuted by Fanny uh, oh, Fanny Fanny Willis? Uh, he uh, got into the fact that there was a, the court case of the, of the uh, her guy's divorce after it was revealed that this guy was looking at it. Uh, Fanny had it sealed. Well, I don't you, I don't think you can just do that. I think you have to get, go through a hearing or something or other. So reporters are now trying to get that unsealed because it turns out that there's proof in the in the court document of the divorce papers about this guy's wife. Uh, what's his name? Wade or something? Uh, um, uh, Napa Valley. Nathan Wade, a private attorney, uh, and apparently the documents in, in the court divorce case show that the reason he's getting a divorce is because his wife caught him cheating on her with Fanny uh, Chicken Liver, the uh, uh, black racist, white, uh, black supremacist Trump hater. And so, you know, the homewrecker uh, broke up the guy's marriage and tried to hide it and keep it secret, and then it turns out he's on the freaking payroll? Oh, my God! Fulton County, Georgia. Here we go again. Democrat-run county, Democrat-run city, Democrat-run state. As it turns out, two senators are both socialists. Anyway, we'll talk more, but yeah, a lot more about that. Also, uh, 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 Michelle Obama, Big Mike. She's terrified. This sounds to me like the way to get her all of a sudden in the, in the conversation of presidential candidates. What do you think, Pete? No, no, no. She's not a candidate. They're going to wait to the convention, and she won't have to do any primaries. No one will run against her. Yep. They'll just put her name in there, and she'll run for president. This is no kind opposition. Of the, this is like the soft opening. This is like the soft opening of a of a of a uh, you know of a uh, what do you call it nightclub or something where the all of a sudden she's going to be in the news. She's going to be sliding in. Her they're going to get her opinions on things like she's some sort of source. Would you, would you go to Michelle Obama as a source for anything, especially how to live in America? Where are she says. Where are we in this? Where are our hearts? What's going to happen in the next election? I'm terrified of what could happen because our leaders matter. Who will he elect? Speak for uh, you, lying, dirty stink. She's the worst first lady we've ever had. Snotty, vicious, a complete bitch. The way she treated Melania Trump is a freaking disgrace. Yeah, first lady. They're asking for it. If they, um, oh my God! How'd you like to have her be? Oh my God! <laughs> also, uh, the Clinton Library uh, had to delete a, a little funny little post because it turned around to backfire on them. Also, we're going to do a lot of stuff talking about Gen Z people, working people. You're going to hear from a chick who's uh, who's talking about how hard it is to be young and working and, and getting up in the morning and then coming home and that's uh, just too much. And that well, I got a whole bunch of things on Gen Z. Some of the reaction to that. Also, why employers are now hiring older people because of the Gen Z problem. Um, also, and by the way, I heard a guy on Glenn Beck named Brian Will, I think his name was, a restaurateur here in Atlanta, in Alpharetta, uh, talking about why his uh, bacon, lettuce, and tomato sandwich, a routine BLT, is $16. And he, t- he, he told him why. Anyway, we got all this stuff. Plus the... Uh, smeared messages on a new sweetheart candy for Valentine's Day because of what's now called situationship relationships. Anyway, all that's coming up plus Founders Funnies and uh, Pete Squeeze. we got a million things and it all starts here in a second uh, with a Kimber Pete Flounder. 313, it's freaking Tuesday. Look out, here we go. Stand by.
<laughs> Look out, here we go. 317, can't sit still to this beat. Yeah, baby, from 1984. Look out. Van Halen. I love beat. I love bass drums. I love, I just, I always wanted to be a bass guitar player in a, in a rock band. Wear a leather headband, vest. <laughs> I get all the chicks, man. Yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> I dated a roadie once. <laughs> it wasn't much of a date. <laughs> I think she was afraid. Anyway, uh, this is Van Halen. Uh, and it's only me. It's only the Kimmer, Pete, and Flounder. 317. How's it going? 1063 on your dial there. Uh, 40 years ago, 1984. Holy moly. Van Halen released their sixth album, 1984, which featured Jump, which is one of them, my favorite song of them, Panama, I'll Wait, and Hot for Teacher. So there you are. Van Halen, 40 years ago. Uh, let's see, birthday list today includes J.K. Simmons. You know the name, you know the face, may not know the name. Although he's a famous actor, you've seen him everywhere. 69 years old, J.K. Simmons was Howard Silk on the uh, sci-fi series Counterpart. You know him as uh, Dr. Jameson on the first Spider-Man trilogy, Will Pope on The Closer, wait, Vern Schlitt. Who, who, who? Uh, uh, wait, wait, J. Jonah Jameson. I don't know uh, who that Dr. is. J. Jonah Jameson. Jameson. I don't know who that is. Spider-Man trilogy. I don't know who that is. Will Pope on The Closer. Uh, Vern Schillinger on Oz. But you know him for the insurance commercials and also Law and Order. He no, was the doctor don't. on Law and Order. No, for years. you don't remember that. You remember him for Spider-Man. He's J. Jonah Jameson, damn it. Well, anyway, J.K. Simmons. He won, a, he won an Academy Award for that movie where he was like a drummer, or a, te a music teacher or something. And he yelled yeah, at he a kid a, jerk. a lot. He was, yeah, he was a yeah, scuzzball, yeah. and he yelled at a kid, made him cry and stuff, and they gave him a freaking Academy Award. Anyway, J.K. is 69, Simmons here today. Uh, and let's see, do we have... Um, oh, here we go. On this day in history, 1950... Oh, by the way, uh, I want to... I, I, I'll give you the little history note here, and then I want to... I, I'm kind of, I don't, I, I just, I feel so, I, I kind of warm and fuzzy because our uh, all-American anal team in the morning crew has now decided to, uh, well, to be part of the Kimmer experience in, in old-fashioned kind of radio. And uh, Tug this morning, he, he almost weeped. He was saying he didn't mean to be a copycat, but much like the Kimmer program in the afternoon, by golly, they're going to start doing birthdays and history lists on their morning show now, and, and he was, uh, he was, he was almost, I mean, it was, honestly, it was, it was touching, because he said, you know, it, you know, he, he owed it to me, and I, I, I can't take credit, it was just, you know, I've always done it, and anyway, so Tug, uh, uh, bless you, buddy, uh, and welcome to the, uh, welcome to the kind of programming that uh, has been so successful. Uh, 65. You uh, trademarked that. I, I should have done that, too. I should have trademarked the news monster, and, you know, that could I could have made like 50 grand out of that. That was mine. And by the way, every once in a while on that old uh, 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 radio station um, uh, Facebook post, they have guys, you know, trying to claim, you know, like they did the news monster. That was me, baby. That was freaking mine. <coughs> Nobody cares. 1959, Rawhide premiered on CBS. Clint Eastwood was Rowdy Yates. A cow hand on a continuous Rawhide. cattle drive. Rawhide. Even if you've never seen the TV show Rawhide, you know the incredible theme song from Frankie Lane, probably. Although maybe not. Rawhide. No. Hit him up, get him up. No, you know it. What? You know it from Blues Brothers. Oh, that's true, too. That's where the, and when the country... Well, we, we, we play both kinds, country and western. 
<laughs> In fact, fly, here we go. Flounder got a little rawhide for us. Moving, moving. <laughs> oh, they're just approving. Keep them doggies moving. Rawhide. Don't try to understand them. Just walk through and brand them. Soon we'll be living high and wide. Frankie Lane. <laughs> anyway, with Rawhide. <laughs> Got to love it. Three, never missed that show. Rawhide, Wagon Train, uh, 20 Mule Team, Borax, uh, Ronald Reagan doing the uh, Death Valley Days. Oh, my God. I'm telling you, if you, anybody, anybody, I guarantee you, a baby boomer right now is going, oh, yeah, oh, yeah having great memories. I hope you guys, do you guys have great memories of TV shows when you were like 14 or 12 or whatever? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Do you? I mean, I remember watching The Lone Ranger all the time, oh, yeah. Dukes of Hazard. Stuff like that yeah. watched, I mean, all the time. I mean, I guess... Saturday I, I, morning cartoons. Yeah. I would assume every generation has to have had their movies. There. But again, in the olden days in black, you know, Hopalong well, Cassidy, the Cisco Kid, Lone Ranger. I mean, all, I mean, all I of that stuff. The first movie, uh, the first cowboy movie my dad took me to the theater was uh, Silverado. Oh, right. that's a hell of a cowboy movie there. Yeah, <laughs> anyway. That was a good movie. And uh, then the second one, obviously... Have you got like, the, grit, uh, the Grit Network? I don't know what that is. A TV network? That's all old westerns. Oh, old I don't know. westerns, TV and uh, movies. It's called the Grit Network. If you don't have it, you need to find it. You'd in. love it. Yeah, because I'm only paying like $7,000 a month now for TV, so I could probably, you know, because my budget now is 8000 I just, you know, going to chop that up there. Uh, by the way, Pete, uh, the morning show, I mentioned that they're now doing uh, birthdays and history lists and, and tribute to the Kimmer. Uh, but I talk especially, uh, bless you, buddy. I mean, it's just, uh, you know, I'm, it's, it's like Navy helping the Marines. I mean, it really, it's just like he's following the Marines' lead. Uh, but, they're all, but you should also know this. He also started doing holy crap at sports, and they played your theme. This I'm not making this up. This morning's morning, they what? were actually now doing holy crap at sports. Uh, I mean, they're just they're, they're I mean, I'm so bo- I mean, honestly the whole show, guys. We should be so proud. It's just it's one. That's what they you could hear it this morning. Morning Joe was doing the whole thing, and they, they started doing holy crap at sports uh, with Tug and uh, Los and uh, and all the Rhino. It was unfreaking believable. Anyway, uh, 323. Okay. We did a better job. Well, yeah. it was so wonderful. Uh, and, and Pete will be up his version a little after five. Uh, let's see. Okay, news on 323. <clears throat> uh, a breaking thing. We're going to talk about Ray Epps and the Trump attorney and the appeals court meeting and the journalists making fun of assassination and uh, Fa- Fanny Willis, Fanny. Oh, Fanny. <laughs> You're a tramp. Uh, we'll get to all oh, that little. No, my nipples are hard as a rock right now. Thinking of Fanny and her lover and her secret payments and going on vacations and going to the oh the beautiful uh, island getaways with the money that you paid him to give you back for your hush of hing it hong it hing it hong it. Oh baby baby, Fanny Fanny, <laughs> try to hide. <clears throat> anyway, we got all that going for us, sir. Uh, quick uh, a quick new story coming up here today though. Uh, they got caught. Our uh, despicable administration, President White Trash, showers with daughter, tried to remove the statue of William Penn from the park as a commemorative thing to the founder of uh, Pennsylvania. And people heard about it and said, wait, whoa, 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 wait a minute. What were they going to do instead? Uh, well, golly, they were going to instead have a rehabilitation of Welcome Park. Uh, and take away the William Penn statue, uh, and then people went nuts, and they said, well, no, uh, they were going to, uh, uh, they announced the other day they're going to expand the telling of Philadelphia's Native American history. They didn't want to say the word Indian. Uh, 
But they were going to take away William Penn, the founder of Pennsylvania, and put uh, something in there about the Native Americans' history. And <laughs> social media went nuts. And so one guy said, uh, hey, now please fire whoever came up with this stinking idea. And finally, uh, they had said, well, uh, we, we changed our mind. We're not going to do it after all. We're going to keep it right there. Everything's fine. Pretend we didn't do anything at all. Hey, Anna, let's just forget the kind of people you are. And by the way, another update thing. Uh, the former uh, defense contractor, now our defense secretary, William Aw- or what's the name, Austin, uh, officially uh, Lloyd Austin, has prostate cancer. That's what he was in the hospital for. He went to the hospital because he had prostate cancer. And then he came home the next day. But then he had uh, complications. He had to go back in. In the meantime, President White Trash had no idea about any of this. No one to chain of command. He was MIA as far as I'm concerned. This is a despicable. It's typical. It started with the Afghan withdrawal. You don't think these people are, are, have been incompetent from the beginning? He, they didn't tell the guy. His number two was on vacation. Nobody knew anything. They kept it a secret as though there's some. You know what the hell is the secret of that? I had prostate cancer. <laughs> you know, welcome to the club, Pete. Have you had prostate cancer yet? We got a no, sir. Here. Okay. Uh, uh, Flounder, have you had prostate cancer yet? Knock on wood, no. Okay. Well, you will. I mean, it'll. you know, they say, <laughs> I tease a joke, hell, my old man got prostate cancer when he was 87 or 88. Uh, and they say if every man lived to be 100, every man would get prostate cancer. So, I mean, it's just, and most of the time, in fact, when my dad got it, the doctor said, well, I'll give you some oh. of the pill stuff. But, you know, we're not going to have surgery at your age. What the hell? <laughs> what? Well, unlike you. Uh, unlike you, I keep using it at this age. Oh so. well, no, oh, they, no, well the use you know it depends on whether you have, whether you're you're talking about a uh, you know a combination of two people or just one. Either way, it's right there, so it's not like you know <laughs> it's not like you can't find it. You know, <laughs> all right, three twenty six. Look out. Uh, anyway, so Lloyd Austin, uh, Lloyd Austin. Uh, so I don't know what kind. Of, I don't know whether he. I guess he had surgery of some kind. But there are lots of different ways to do it. I don't know what he had, and I don't care. But again, I mean the man's a disgrace. Uh, the way this was handled, it is a disgrace. Every Everything about it's a disgrace, and, and, and so are they. I mean, just uh, pathetic. And speaking of disgraces, Ray Epps, the subject... Well, actually, here, there's a... I'm, I'm, I'm going to do Ray Epps first and then tell you about the Donald Trump hearing today in court, and there's a couple different versions of the story you might find interesting, I hope. First of all, Ray Epps from Arizona, 62 years old, a, uh, an ex-Marine, they call him, a former Trump supporter, suddenly changed his mind. Uh-huh. Uh, Ray Epps pleaded guilty a few months ago to one count of engaging in disorderly conduct on the Capitol grounds. Former supporter Donald Trump. And then he gets into court and he says, January 6th violence was not generated by the FBI. It was generated by people like me who supported President Trump and listened to his lies. <laughs> he described a life-changing reality when Donald Trump's cult turned on him and his wife. In hindsight, he said, I realize it's not what a Constitution-loving American should have done. He was ordered today to pay $500 in restitution and serve 100 hours of community service, and he got probation. Probation! Prosecutors wanted six months in prison for his rugby scrum group effort to shove past police officers, physically shoving past police officers, engaging in collective aggressive conduct with the rest of the mob that was trying to get by the cops. And yet he, and and by the way, let's not forget uh, that Ray Epps was the guy who was seen over and over and over on videotape, which never would have come through if it hadn't been for Tucker Carlson, by the way, and some Republicans. Uh, He was seen over and over and over again telling people, you got to go in the building, you got to get there, you got to 
to go inside. He was a leader of it. His own testimony showed uh, that he was part of the damn thing from the beginning. He was talking about his uh, his nephew and so forth. I'll get to that in reaction to it here in a second. Uh, they uh, now here's what happened. He gets into court today, and the judge says, "Oh well, you know, uh, there are some uh, distinctive and compelling mitigating factors why he's getting off with a slap on the wrist after the FBI liar uh, Christie Christie the Cossack Ray, the uh, su- suspected Russian double agent, said, "Oh no, Ray Epps was not an agent. Uh, no, he he had nothing to do with us. Yeah, no, no, we, uh, no, he was just we didn't do anything. We don't nothing about anybody undercover or anything. You dirty stinking liar, freaking perjurer under oath." God. Anyway, uh, this judge and the uh, uh, and his lawyer said, well, you know, it, it's uniquely complicated because he, uh, there are mitigating factors. He had past service to his community. He turned himself in. He tried to de-escalate the conflict. Uh, and the government's not going to prosecute him anymore in connection with the riot. He agreed to, uh, for his social media to be reviewed by lawmen. Uh, he was the focus of conspiracy theorists because he was telling people to go into the Capitol. In fact, some of the reaction, no jail time, one-year probation and fine community service. Justice in America is dead. Uh, Scott Mitchell, the man who is on video multiple times, clearly instigating others to go into the Capitol, gets probation, while others who never set foot in the Capitol got prison? Yeah, this checks out. How many of the Proud Boys got prison for like 15 years and were never there? Uh, Another pays to be a Fed. They say the establishment isn't running the Department of Justice. We are broken. Ray Epps' own testimony shows he was identifying his nephew as part of the guys he was telling to go in there, even how to pronounce their name. Another one, given all the film footage and text messages we have as evidence, I'm looking forward to people trying to put a spin on this. Ought to be entertaining. Uh, He got it because he's a Fed, 100% confirms, bought and paid for by the deep state. Others did way less and got jailed for it. Remember the grandmother got, got prison time because she pushed a shopping cart past a cop. Oh, I'm so freaking mad about this. I, honest to God, I, I wish there were a revolution. I wish. I'm not hoping for it. I'm not calling for it. I'm not saying I want to lead it. But by God, if there is one, I'm, I'm part of it. I'm in. I'm sick of this. What a freaking disgrace. Imp- <laughs> Traitors. 3.30. 3.30. <laughs> There's a little motorhead here we got going. Lemmy. 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 Wow. Yeah. It's definitely loud. Sure. All right, that's uh, got the words there at all. Uh, 20, uh, 2016 stars paid tribute to Motorhead frontman Lemmy at his funeral at Forest Lawn Memorial Cemetery. Drummer Mickey D, Foo Fighters Dave Grohl, Slash from Guns N' Roses, Robert Trio, and Lars Ulrich from Metallica, Judas Priest singer Rob Halford, Anthrax frontman Scott Ian all spoke at the service for Motorhead frontman Lemmy. Lemmy's bass guitar was plugged into a stack of amplifiers and the volume turned up and the congregation applauded as feedback from the speakers filled the chapel. He played the bass guitar more like a guitar. Oh, really? Like uh, the full line said, boom, boom, yeah, boom. He bomb, used a bomb, bunch bomb. of distortion and stuff. Yeah. He was definitely unique. I, uh, apparently, I, I remember Motorhead was, in fact, wasn't Motorhead one of the songs mentioned in, in uh, 
who's well, that? Hot... Motorhead's the name of the band. Yeah, I know, but uh, but uh, uh, this girl, the girl who did uh, last Friday night, Katy Perry. I didn't. She sang. I was sitting in the car, uh, making out to Motorhead or something. I think I think that was one of her in her one of her famous I'm not songs. Sure. I'll bet you. I'll bet yeah, last Friday night. It wasn't. Or I kissed a girl or uh, something. One no, of no, her no. Famous I know songs. you're gay. <laughs> you listen to Katy Perry. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Allegedly. Uh, 335, Kimmer, Pete, and Flounder. Uh, our birthday list includes, by the way, I'm so sweet. Radiohead is. Radiohead, that's, that's what it was. Mike, I'm sorry. Uh, Mike, now see, Mike, then, what was his song? Get it, don't, 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 don't let him get out yet. Hey, Mike. Oh, no, he, he took off. He went out the door. Well, but which song was it? I'll bet it was like, a vir- I want to be a virgin or, or, or something like that. Uh, let's go all the way. Let's go all the way, something like that. I guarantee that was what it was. Let's go all the way Sit tonight. Sit tight, I'll Google it. Okay, it's something like, let's go all the way tonight. Uh, let's go all the way tonight. Uh, sitting in the car, listening to Motorhead. Let's go all the way tonight. I, mean, I, I think it's uh, where she's going to lose it, her uh, special uh, calabango. Anyway, uh, we'll, we'll figure it out. Uh, Joan Baez's birthday, 83. Wow, today. Uh, Tried to drove old Nick, uh, Dick, Dixie down kind of deal. Well, she's an old-fashioned. winch. Yeah, I know. An old uh, folk rock No style. talent. I, well, I wouldn't say that. I mean, she was a the folk The one singer. that got away is the name of the song. Ah, the one that got There you are. Uh, thank you, boys. I appreciate it. And on this day in history, in 1940, television was used for the first time, but it was used as a sales tool at a convention meeting in New York City. And by the way, the first use of radios, I'll bet Pete Davis knows this. Uh, well, maybe you don't. I don't know if you didn't. You're more of a journalist-type history guy as about a radio history guy. And Flounder, I'm not sure whether you've actually done any kind of radio uh, history-type study stuff. But radio was originally used in department stores to broadcast to the shoppers where the next stuff was that might be on sale. You believe that? It was internally used in stores to say uh, over in the other counter you can get so-and-so, which is pretty cool. Anyway, just a little uh, historical note there for you. Uh, 337, Kimmer, Pete, and Flounder. Here's the number, 404-741-1230, Oh, by the way, one more thing. Uh, Flounder also has come up now. The morning crew is going to die because now they got to do something else, too. Flounder's come up with like an, a weird information sheet. It's just got weird facts of the day. For for example, weird fact of today, there is a uh, weird fact uh, right here. Um, uh, once a, oh, no, I don't want to do that one. The fast food chain Moe's Southwest Grill, there's one right down the street, if I'm not mistaken, Moe's Southwest Grill, they only play music inside of their stores by people who are dead. They do not play any musicians uh, or groups that are still alive. I don't know why, but <laughs> a little fact sheet. Okay, okay, 338, 338. I'll get to the actual program here, if you don't mind. Uh, let's see. Oh, here's a difference in how uh, different people cover the news of Donald Trump going into court today. Oh, oh, hold on, just in. I see a new story. Uh, Jeffrey Epstein document, another drop. Final files reveal trafficking allegations against prominent figures. And by the way, I'm pretty excited because I'm looking at this. It popped up on my iPad, which I'm using in work, by the way. Uh, the final set of Jeffrey Epstein Radio Documents lawsuit da, 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 revealed the plaintiff had accused Bill Richardson, who wasn't he the New Mexico governor? Uh, Marvin Minsky, is he the uh, uh, CEO of one of the, oh, I can't remember, I, I don't remember, it, it, it mentioned here in a minute. Anyway, they accused Bill Richardson, the former governor, Marvin Minsky, and Les Wexner. <coughs> who's another billionaire-type guy, of sex trafficking uh, with uh, Virginia Jeffrey. 
their names redacted in a previous version of the filing. Uh, a guy named uh, Brunel, who died in a French jail waiting for tra- uh, uh, sex trafficking charges, accused of victimizing her, too. Richardson, the former Democratic governor of New Mexico, former Clinton ambassador to the United Nations. <coughs> Excuse me. He died in September. Richardson's dead, so he got his. Minsky was a leading computer scientist at MIT who died in 2016. Wexner is the so he got away with it. Wexner is the founder of Limited Brands and former Victoria's Secret CEO. The Wexner Wexner Foundation is not responding to calls to get a comment. Uh, Virginia Jeffrey said she was a sex trafficking victim to a well-known prime minister whose name was not mentioned, and she accused Alan Dershowitz, a prominent criminal attorney, repeatedly denied any wrongdoing. Uh, They've sued each other and have agreed to drop their cases where she said she may have made a mistake in identifying. Anyway, in one filing, uh, this dead French guy, uh, activities at the Epstein residences, uh, said he didn't know much about that. Da, 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 da. Lawyers say she's uh, expected to declo- uh, disclose 240 redacted or sealed documents for this young girl who was trafficked, identifying 170 John or Jane Doe's who are part of the lawsuit. Uh, the judge ordered names unsealed. Not decided whether the court should identify two does who wanted them to continue with. There is at least one person, apparently two now, who want their identities held until they can prove why they should continue to be held. So anyway, uh, so, you know, sex trafficking charges against a former Democratic governor of Mexico and the guy who used to head uh, the Wexner guy. Oh, uh, he's going to have to answer for that. Got Swatoon on the line. He wants to comment on uh, the Kimmer Show and the Morning Extra. Well, now here we go. Now this is this is the kind of reaction we're looking for, my friend. Three forty-one with the Kimmer, Pete, and Flounder, and Swatoon. You're on the radio, my friend. How's it going? What's up? I'm okay, man. First of all, when you say the phone number, you repeat a couple times, and people like me who are driving, we can actually find a pen and write it down before you finish it. Well, I tried. To, I do that on purpose because every time growing up as a kid, they'd say, "Hey, clause is seven zero four zero three six four 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 and you go, oh, "What was that?" And then they never say yep. it again. It's stupid. Why would yep. you? Why would you give yep. a phone number on the radio and not do it so people can freaking hear it and t- take note of it? It's unbelievable. I mean, again, I'm an old fact. I'm an old fashioned goof. I do birthdays and history thing. Nobody's done that in the radio since 1958. I can't help it. But again, it's just it's just consideration. It's to bring us all a little bit of information and, and make sure you can uh, function on your daily thing. Anyway, sorry, man. What's going? What's going? Your turn. I'm okay, you're done, so I can talk now? I'm done. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm so bad. <laughs> I, 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 I'm out of control. <laughs> Next thing you know, they're going to put okay. my name on the show. I don't know. That would be a nightmare. So, <laughs> so a couple of weeks ago, I called them uh, to talk about the uh, topic that the, you know, they're talking about. Yeah. Uh, the four rings. And uh, first thing I heard, like, what? I'm like, I'm calling about the topic. That was the morning the show you like, called? Yeah. And they're like, the guy's like, do you know what time is it? It's not even 7 a.m. I didn't even have a coffee and click. <laughs> Tough and crew. Like, oh, okay. So when I, when I call you guys, first thing is like, uh, Kim and show, who's this? And that's Florida talking. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, it's Fatoon. And he's like, 
Oh, did I ever tell you you have sexy accent? And I'm always telling you, <laughs> yeah, oh boy. <laughs> I don't think we need and to know <laughs> everything about, about the, the process of getting on the air. I, <laughs> something we keep secret on the Ixnay on the LNT and the Erding Flay with hey. the uh, swoom sway. It was a <laughs> hey, I do have a mesmerizing accent. What can I say? Yeah, you know, there I you can, go. Yeah. Well, you know, those <laughs> European guys who get all the chicks, man, it's unbelievable. <laughs> of course, man. All right, I got to go. You're killing me. 343. All right, man. Oh, I love it. I love it. All right, just for kicks, here's the uh, lead headlines of two different sources. Here is how Fox News, uh, the first sto- a headline of the story about Donald Trump going into court today for uh, before a three-judge panel. And I'll follow that with a headline of the NBC coverage. Okay, here's what Fox said. Trump attorney argues Biden is prosecuting his number one political opponent at immunity hearing. They both attended DCPO's court. They said the attorney argues Biden is prosecuting his number one political opponent. Okay, here's how NBC covers it in their headline. Appeals court judges appear skeptical of Trump presidential immunity argument. The, The first line from the Fox one is the fact of the Trump attorney argued they're prosecuting the case. It was just a fact. The second headline by NBC is the opinion appeals court judges appear skeptical of Trump's immunity argument. I mean, in the headline... They're, they're, you know, saying, well, you know, we, we, here's our opinion of what this story is. It's, I mean, how, I mean, there you are. It's right there. And this is every single story, every single day from the mainstream media. This is, and by the way, another thing about media, I, boy, I'm really sidetracking myself here today. When I was in Colorado visiting the family, and, and this is true all the time. I was there four days, uh, but this is true all the time. Uh, and again, my family are the sweetest, most wonderful people in the world, screaming liberals. Uh, but but the bottom line is they don't watch television news. They never watched television news the whole time I was there. Never turned it on. If they're turning on TV, it's either a ball game or uh, Schitt's Creek review, uh, re- repeats or something like that. You know, shows you want. They don't watch television news. And if they do get news, it's off their cell phone or off their, you know, people, the social media stuff that pops up and things like that. I mean, it's, anyway, so so they don't, I mean, all they know is what they know from, you know, their friends or social media or the people when they get together and talk about how bad Donald Trump is. But there's, they don't have any evidence of it because they, anyway, whatever, I just thought that was amazing. But again, those two headlines alone show the, the different bias between the, the, the way that people cover the news. Okay, uh, we got that coming up. Also, you're going to hear in just a second, we'll have, you'll hear the sound of Donald Trump talking about Fanny, 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 Fanny. Some people on social media think you sound creepy when you do that i'm deliberately sounding creepy <laughs> I mean, duh, I mean, exactly that's exactly why i'm doing it mrs crane you wore green so you could hide you're trapped i mean it's, it is creepy it's disgusting and despicable and illegal and immoral and unethical how about that fanny the bimbo prosecutor going after donald trump you ought to be going after your own sense of ethics and morals freaking alley cat my God, 346 with a Kimmer Pete and Flounder. You know, I mean, it's really unbelievable. 
how these guys have survived and thrived and still have meaning. It really, it really is a, a remarkable. Is there another group? I mean, I guess the Eagles, but they're, I guess really, I, I, as the Stones have got to be the number one most powerful, longest running. Longevity-wise. Long, I mean, yeah. uh, 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 in, in history, huh? They're the greatest rock and roll band in history. I guess, I guess you'd have to say that. How, who else? I mean, the Beatles and the Beach Boys. Are they like the that. most influential? Uh, are well, they the most important? No. no. The Beatles were yeah. the most important, the most influential. Yeah. But they, the greatest rock and roll band is the Rolling Stones. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the Beatles changed everything. You know, the, the foreign invasion in turn. America. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, 349. We're playing this. Uh, Flounder again, our musical director. And uh, 2014, Rolling Stone magazine published their readers' poll, the 10 greatest double albums of all time. The top five, Led Zeppelin, Physical Graffiti, Bruce Cheatstein, The River, The Rolling Stones, Exile on Main Street, Pink Floyd, The Wall, and winning the poll, the best double album of all time, The Beatles, The White Album. Pete will probably know more about this than me, but wasn't Exile on Main Street the album that they recorded when they were kicked out of Britain because they owed taxes? The, they, they weren't kicked out. They fled. They were, they were tax <laughs> exiles. And, and Keith rented a villa in the south of a France, castle. and it basically became Bacchanalia Center for about a year there. But it, they made their greatest record there, except for maybe, I don't know, oh God, what was the one? Sticky Fingers or the one in the late 80s, Some Girls. The, that's the top three albums right there. Uh, that's one of Puerto Rican girls want to uh, have me mm. with you or I want to, uh, something yeah. like that. Yeah, I like that one. I like that song. Some Girls, yeah. I need me a little of a Puerto Rican girl. In fact, that's my that's my wish list. What are you um, gonna do with her? Well, just you know, just you know, just walk around. Play uh, you? No, we, no, we just we just walk around holding hands and uh, you know, look, talking to people and you know, just uh, just being casual friends. Yeah, just you know? Talking to people. Yeah, just you know, free place to live. You know, we'll work something Showing out. Showing around. Three fifty one. Yeah, you know, whatever. Uh, birthdays include Crystal Gale, seventy three. Crystal Gale, the country singer. Remember, Don't Make My Brown Eyes Blue, and a bunch of other ones, too. I like Crystal Gale. She's okay. Uh, she had that long hair down to her butt for years and years and years. I have no idea what she's doing now. Yeah. Crystal Gale, 73. And she is Loretta Lynn's little sister. Did you know that? Yeah. I had forgotten that. I did. I was a country DJ, you know, Tom Peterson <laughs> at K-Hat Radio in Phoenix. So you, well, you never mentioned it. I didn't know. When, when was this? I haven't mentioned that in five years, I'll bet you. K-Hat Radio. Oh, come on, crap. Come on in and shake a howdy, little darling. Oh, oh, thank you. Years. I met Waylon Jennings. I was I did. Time moves differently I, for you. I was the MC. It? I was the MC of our country concert with Tom T. Hall, Bobby Bear, and GDC Riley, Mister Snark Snark. So there. I bet you can't say that. <laughs> I cannot say that. GDC Riley. Oh God. Uh, anyway, let's not even do history stuff. Okay. Uh, by the way, Donald Trump did go to court, and uh, with his lawyer, three judge panel. And uh, Donald Trump's attorney argued the president has absolute immunity even after leaving office. The judges appeared to be a little skeptical. One of uh, President Bush's uh, uh, judges said, I think it's paradoxical to say that his constitutional duty to take care of the laws be faithfully executed, allowing him to violate criminal law. Uh, the team argues the presidents are not entitled to absolute immunity and Trump's actions fall outside of president's official duties. Uh, the president has a unique constitutional role that he's not above the law. But uh, Trump's lawyer, Sauer, 
not Sadow, but Sauer, said we're in a position, a situation where we have prosecution of the chief political opponent winning in every poll, coming up next year being persecuted, prosecuted by the administration he's seeking to replace. That's a frightening future for tailor-made launch cycles to shake our republic in the future. And it went on and on and on. And by the way, uh, Donald Trump, I'm sorry, Flounder, but it's going to do the uh, the reporters. First, Donald Trump had a comment uh, outside of court after the, I think it was after he was in the court, concerning uh, a family the uh, black supremacist uh, Trump-hating uh, prosecutor here in Fulton County who got caught being a tramp as a homewrecker. Here's what Donald Trump had to say outside the court today. You had a very big event yesterday, as you saw, in Georgia, where the district attorney is totally compromised. The case has to be dropped. They went after, I guess, 18 or 20 people. They wanted to go after a lot of other people. They wanted to go after senators. She was out of her mind. Now it turns out that that case is totally compromised. In fact, they say she's in far more criminal liability than any of the people she's looking at. They pay a lawyer with absolutely no experience, $700,000, who happens to be her lover or her boyfriend. And uh, then they go on trips and vacations together, very expensive vacations together. And the reason they paid him so much, because he was after me, because this way they can afford to pay him a lot more. It probably passes a certain test. And that's a very sad thing that happened in Georgia. And I would imagine that case is going to be dropped. Well, the uh, Trump campaign official Michael Roman started all this in the bombshell court filing that he made about Fannie Chicken Liver Willis, the uh, the tramp of Fulton County, who, who was apparently sneaking around with a married man and caused his wife to file for divorce, and then she tried to uh, seal the court documents so nobody would find out about it. Uh, she, uh, this guy Nathan Wade is a private attorney. He's got no business doing what she hired him to do, working as official DA prosecutor investigator type guy, and then she paid him like $700,000 and legal fees, and then he'd take her on vacations to Napa Valley, Florida, the Caribbean. Uh, this is unbelievable. Uh, they, they, they moved that the court have an order disqualifying the DA in her office and the special prosecutor on the grounds that it would the district attorney uh, have engaged in the improper clandestine personal relationship during the case. Uh, it goes on and on and on. Uh, and, uh, the, uh, Wade filed for divorce in Cobb County a day after his first contract with Willis commenced. So when she gave him all the money, he filed for a divorce. I guess so he, I hope that his wife wouldn't get it. Oh, my God. What a bunch of slime bags. <laughs> Holy crap. Uh, she refused to disclose a relationship. Uh, they, and they, she made secret the court documents proving that she was a home wrecker. Uh, in fact, a couple of quick reactions here. Uh, uh, oops, I got it right here on my phone. Hold on a second. Here we go. Um, uh, is the Biden White House coordinating Trump's prosecution? Her guy, Nathan Wade, met with Biden's White House counsel in May and again in November last year before indicting Donald Trump. He met with a White House coordinating counsel before they indicted Donald Trump. Gee, that seems a little fishy. Who's in di- directing the Fannie Willis, the chicken liver uh, tramp of a Fulton County investigation? The White House, the DOJ? Oh, I mean, this is out freaking outrageous. Private lawyer coordinating with Donald Trump's associates uh, with a White House counsel? Holy, they got to they throw this all out. They got to throw it all out. I won't. God, I agree. I agree. Don't hit me for it. What do you got there, Flounder? What do we got? uh, This is your funny guy, uh, Dustin Nickerson, we've been playing. We love this guy. Me and my wife have a couple friends in our life that everything they do, we hate. And that's why they're in our lives. (laughs) 
They are the single most important thing in our relationship because they do something annoying and then we get together and talk crap about them and then our love blossoms. <laughs> That's what they're there for. They're the young couple that always tries to like flex or like get on our level or like try and impress us. You know, Dustin, every night we still fall asleep together cuddling. <laughs> I'm not impressed by that. You know why you cuddle early on in a relationship? Because you're still afraid they're going to leave. That's why. You're not cuddling, you're holding on. That's not romance, that's a hostage situation. They'd leave if they could. You know what a happy couple looks like in bed? Could you be further away? <laughs> further away, I don't want to feel you. Further away. I don't want to know you're here. Like a happy couple invented the California king because the king bed didn't suffice. Further away. <laughs> By the way, the other day I came across something on my BuzzFeed or someplace uh, about uh, married couples and so forth. And this I thought was pretty cute. It's, it's, uh, it was uh, a tweet about married life. That's what it was. And since, as you know, I'm such a huge fan of marriage and uh, hoping one day to, to finally be married again for my, with my forever love. I guess it's probably not too late to you know, start looking now. But anyway, uh, so thoughts about marriage. Here's one. The guy posts this. Wife is going out tonight. Anyone want to come over and sit on the other end of the couch and talk during the movie? <laughs> Married life, all right. Anyway, 358 with a Kimber Pete and Flounder. Uh, coming up, uh, we don't really, do we have time to play the, uh, the journalist guys? Yeah. Here's some guy, a couple of reporters uh, during the court hearing today were joking with, I didn't know the mic was on. Here's what they're saying, joking about assassination of Donald Trump. You know, the worst part is, even if he has his window open and he's hanging out of it, he'll be on the other side. <laughs> I mean, if he's driving, we've got a good shot. Yeah, if he's driving with the front window open. Yeah. Or if it's a convertible. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't thinking about that. Yeah. Like, if he just pulls up like, like JFK. The it's like a JFK, a Lincoln. <laughs> Now that, uh, Maybe someone just like they told JFK, you know what you should do? You should take a convertible. Well, it's kind of hard to understand, but they were goofing around about how hard it is to get a picture of Donald Trump. And they say the worst part is even if you have his window open and he's hanging out of it, he'd be on the other side of the street if he were ever assassinated. If he's driving, we have a good shot. Yeah, if he's driving with the front window open. And then Gallo's humor about John Kennedy riding him when he was assassinated in Dallas. Yeah, if it's a convertible, I wasn't thinking about that. Yeah, if he just pulls it up. And then uh, like JFK, maybe somebody told JFK what they should do, take a convertible. It's so nice out there laughing and joking. Anyway, kind of Gallo's humor. I'm not sure it really means anything about anything, but it's in the news, and so we'll pass. Along, along with uh, the Clinton Library, has now had to take down a post after it backfired about his uh, the past. And uh, Big Mike Michelle Obama, they're trying to sneak her into the vernacular these days about election stuff and what's good for America. Coming up four o'clock with the Kimmer Feet and Flounder. Here we go. Is this the year you want to grow your business? Do you want to expand your team? Build a new office? Hey, it's Tug, and I want to tell you about First Liberty Building and Loan. Aren't you exhausted by going to lenders, building a relationship, and a week later, you're dealing with a new person? 
You won't have to with First Liberty Building and Loan. The Frost family has been helping businesses grow since the 90s, and they can help you too. They know the patterns, they know the ebbs and flows, and they know business. Now the Frost family wants to know you. FirstLibertyGA.com. Buying a building, building a building, buying a franchise, or expanding. Reach out and spend 10 minutes with them. See if you're a fit for them and if they're a fit for you. FirstLibertyGA.com. By the way, if you're a young banker and you want to work with a team that's faith-friendly with a culture of excellence, First Liberty might be a good match. Reach out to First Liberty Building and Loan at FirstLibertyGA.com. That's FirstLibertyGA.com. Nah, I miss my Harleys. Well, I still have one, but it's, you know, broken. <laughs> yeah, baby, here we go. That's rock, baby. Elvis Presley on this day. Two thousand five, Elvis went to number one in Britain on the singles chart with Jailhouse Rock. It sold 21,000 copies to reach number one, the lowest sales ever in Britain for a chart topper since data began in 1969. The single was released in 2005 to celebrate the 70th anniversary of Elvis's birth. A previous Elvis chart topper was re-released each week, and then that was in 2005. Uh, earlier 2003, a grand piano that Elvis owned and used was sold for $700,000. A couple of guys bought the piano uh, from the chairman of Blue Moon Group, planning to take it on a casino-sponsored promotional tour and then have the piano shown at a rock museum at Walt Disney World. Anyway, to Elvis's piano. Uh, let's see. Birthday list includes Dave Matthews, 57 years old. Uh, this is a Flounders guy, writes, real musician. Biggest albums, 1994's Under the Table and Dreaming. Uh, Ants Marching, What Would You Say? Satellite, 99's Crash. Crash into me, so much to say, too much, and tripping billies. Never heard of any of them and wouldn't recognize them if you played them, but that's because I don't know anything and I'm bad and all the rest of you are wonderful and good. And you know everything and I don't. So don't hold it against me. I'm admitting to you I know nothing. And I don't care because if it's playing in the radio, I probably will change the channel. 405, 405. And now on this day in 1984, Wendy's TV ran a commercial featuring a little old lady who became a big, huge hit. It certainly is a big bun. It's a very big bun. Big fluffy bun. It's a very big fluffy bun. Where's the beef? Some hamburger places give you a lot less beef on a lot of bun. Where's the beef? At Wendy's, we serve a hamburger we modestly call a single. And Wendy's single has more beef than the Whopper or Big Mac. At Wendy's, you get more beef and less bun. Hey, where's the beef? I don't think there's anybody back there. You want something better. You're Wendy's kind of people. By the way, that was the funniest part of it. Was, I don't think there's anybody back there. <laughs> and I remember seeing, that was 1984, the Wendy's commercial, Clara Peller. Where's the beef? And I saw a documentary on that particular ep uh, uh, commercial uh, procedure, and it took them forever. And she wasn't really very good at it, but when, when she was good, she was great. But it was, I mean, but they had to do it over and over, and she didn't really quite get the point. But it turned out beautiful. I mean, so I don't think there's anybody back there, which is to me was the funniest part of it. Anyway, Claire Peller, 1984. 406 with the Kimmer, Pete, and Flounder. Here's a number, 404 741 1230 741 1230 
Big Mike Michelle Obama <clears throat> is terrified, my friends, terrified. She claims that the looming presidential election keeps her up at night. <clears throat> Michelle was on a podcast uh, about uh, talking about mental health and stuff like that. Why would they go to her for anything about, I mean, just the worst, nastiest, black-hearted snake of a first lady we've ever had by a mile. They talked about Nancy Reagan being cold-hearted or something and running things with her astronomers, uh, astrologer, rather. Please, uh, Big Mike Michelle Obama's the worst first lady by a trillion miles over this thing. Anyway, uh, the podcast guy said, What's, what keeps you up at night? What's your biggest fear? She says, well, it has less to do with me personally and more to do with the world we're in. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, there's such thing as knowing too much. When you've been married to the president of the United States who knows everything about everything in the world, sometimes you just want to turn it off. <laughs> yeah, she says, but there are things that keep me up because you don't have control over them. And you wonder, where are we in this? Where are our hearts? What's going to happen in the next election? I'm terrified, she says, about what could happen, what could possibly happen, because our leaders matter. Who we select, who speaks for us, who holds that bully pulpit affects us in ways that sometimes I think people take for granted. She says that people downplay the impact of government, wondering if it's really even doing anything. But yes, Michelle says the government does everything for us, and we cannot take this democracy for granted. We cannot take this democracy for granted. Sometimes I worry that we do, and those are the things that keep me up. The government does everything for us. God. There you are. My God. And, and again, I mean, just the, uh, the pretentious nature of this whole thing, as though she's some sort of world guru on, on, on world That's... peace or a satisfaction of the human racers. I mean, this is unbelievable. She's a full-blown Marxist. Full-blown Marxist. Yeah. Yeah. What's going to happen in the world? Uh, the government does everything for us. We can't take it for granted. The oh, worldview. It's, it's right there. She just, it's right here in black and white. I'm reading it. Uh, that, that's what they that's what they are. I, I'm telling you, she's right. I mean, this election is about that. <clears throat> and again, I, I was I, I, I break into a cold sweat when I think about this. If if they if if the Democrats win and again, remember, uh, Nancy Botoxy, Nancy Pelosi is going to go to hell when she dies. And uh, Ocasio Bangbangio Stupidio AOC both have just recently this week said that the best thing to do for the immigration uh, crisis is to grant amnesty. And when they do, they're also going to be granting, they're going, to, they're going to make sure that the elections are federalized, that there are 19 or 21 members on the Supreme Court. They will never again lose a court case. They will never again not pass a bill. They will never again lose an election. And that's where, exactly where they're going. They're trying to get as many people as they can and then grant amnesty, and off we go. It's over. Now, you don't think we're fooling around? I mean, uh, this, that's their plan. It's clear. It's obvious as hell. Uh, let's see. Oh, this is pretty funny. The uh, Clinton Library uh, put out a, a, a post that got mocked. The, uh, the, the library established by former President Bill, the rapist, uh, took to X with an old photo of uh, President Slimebag typing on a laptop computer. It's dated November 7, 1998. And here's what the post said from the Clinton Presidential Library. On November 7, 1998, President Bill Clinton typed out and sent his first ever email. Can you guess who it was to? The deleted post now deleted red with the hashtag World Typing Day. 
Well, it didn't take long for uh, X users, formerly Twitter, to flood the post with their responses. Uh, for example, most of them said his first uh, email went to Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> well, after about nine million of those <laughs> replies, the, the presidential center pulled the post. <laughs> uh, they said, well, no, no, no. He was actually responding to an email from uh, space sent by astronaut John Glenn. And, of course, after uh, one of the Epstein accusers, uh, Joanna Girl, revealed that uh, she had questioned Epstein and said Clinton likes younger girls, and he also likes what he can do to various parts of them. Uh, she said, I knew he had dealings with Bill Clinton. I didn't know they were friends until I read the Vanity Fair article about going to Africa together. And the guy said, did you ever talk about Bill Clinton? Oh, yeah. He said, well, Clinton likes some young man, referring to all the girls. Yeah, he likes some young. He had a personal, a close relationship with Epstein. And, of course, when they put the tweet out, everybody said, well, of course, we're talking to you idiots. So, of course, they took it down. I mean, they're asking for it. Good. I mean, I'm glad people are thinking this. I'm hoping that maybe the whole country is saying, you know what? We're tired of these people. Who the hell do they think they are? I mean, they're asking for it when they deliberately kind of rub our nose in it. Oh, let's play a happy game. Gee, who do you think Bill Clinton, our love hero of the Democrat Party, was talking to the first time on an email? Wow, let's have fun with that. You slime bags. You ought to be in freaking prison. (laughs) Appalling. All right, changing the topics. This is going to be fun, boys. The workplace. In fact, I heard, uh, Glenn, if you heard the Glenn Beck show this morning, he had a guy on the radio named Brian Will, who's a restaurateur from Alpharetta, owns restaurants in Alpharetta. I didn't get the names of them. I was uh, doing stuff for the show in the meantime, and I heard it in the background. Uh, but he's going to talk about, he had a friend mocking him, calling him. Uh, uh, Brian Will got a friend who said, called me and said, hey, Brian, I'm really having a good time at your restaurant. You're having a $16 BLT sandwich. BLT is only bacon, lettuce, and tomato. You know, it's not like it's Japanese Kobe beef or something, you know, bacon, lettuce, and tomato, $16. And he explained why, and, and, and we're going to get to that here in a second. First of all, uh, you're also going to hear from a, a Gen Z-type woman coming up here in, in just a couple of moments uh, as another Gen Z woman is calling on everybody else who goes to work to try to normalize getting fat and ugly again. This girl named Susie Gidros, uh, from uh, 20, is 23-year-old from Louisiana, graduated from Florida State University uh, about a year ago. And she's gone viral opening up about all she wants to do now is relax and eat junk food at the end of a workday. Can someone please normalize getting ugly and fat after do- working a 9-to-5 job? Uh, maybe it's a bad idea, but the last thing I want to blanking do after sitting in an office all blanking day is to go and work out, go take care of my body. Blank this. I want to eat this blanking Chick-fil-A. Is that too much to ask? I'm struggling balancing work and paying my bills <laughs> and a heavily lifestyle with healthy lifestyle. I can't do it all. I'm having the worst blanking bowel movements. I can't take care of myself. I don't want to do anything but lay down to my butt, get home from work. It takes me, I can't work out. It takes me too much time to get there. Even though I know I'll feel better, it's the last thing I want is a long day of work going on a treadmill. I don't know what to do. Well, oh my God, <laughs> poor baby. People are saying, uh, literally, I've gained 30 pounds from my desk job, one person said. Another, I gained 40 when I left retail for nine to five. Another said, it's over a year since I've started working a desk job. Now I'm getting diabetes because I'm not active anymore. Well, <laughs> there are ways around that, you know. And coming, it's 14 now, and coming up in just a moment, you're going to hear a woman who's sort of a hottie, I guess we have to, it's not fair to describe it that way, uh, but a woman who is trying to uh, give an example of what it's like as a Gen Zer uh, from like 18 to 29 year old type entering the Biden workforce. That is next, coming up 414 with the Kimmer, Pete, and Flounder.
Mamma Mia, Mamma Mia, let me go. Oh, sorry, man. I'm, just, I'm still reading the story. Uh, 419, Kim Repeat and Flounder. Now, this is Queen, obviously. And on this day in 1976, Queen number one in the singles chart with Bohemian Rhapsody. It enjoyed a nine-week run. Sold more than a million copies by the end of the month. Reached number one again in 1991. This was 1976. In 91, it was uh, number one for five weeks when Freddie Mercury died, eventually becoming the British third best-selling single of all time. Bohemian Rhapsody, 1976. I was just looking. I think I I, 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 I can't believe this story. Um, uh, Dave Folk died. Uh, for those of you who have been longtime Atlanta radio people will know that name. Dave Folk, F-O-U-L-K. Dave Folk was my first uh, co-morning man when I came to Atlanta in 19... Oh, no, 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 let me double think here now. In 19... I came here in 1972. And let's see. I actually was later on... Uh, it kind of must have been 1980, maybe, uh, when I was doing the morning show with Dave Folk at a uh, large radio station here in Atlanta. And we did. Uh, we we used to do the early morning news. I'd get there at like two in the clock in the morning, and Dave would come in around three with a bag of uh, sliders. <laughs> and Dave, oh God, I can't believe he's dead. Dave Folk died. He was. Um, let me read the little story here. Uh, he died last night. He was uh, a talk show host in Tennessee after he left Atlanta and went back to his old hometown of East Tennessee with his wife, Dina, and she announced that he passed away after a stage four colon cancer battle. And she said, I wanted to share with you, my husband's now with the Lord and Savior. The suddenness of his life coming to an end has been surprising to me as it likely is to you. I had great comfort knowing he was without suffering and was with myself and our three children as he passed peacefully. Um, just a great, one of the nicest guys you've ever known. Uh, Well-known on-air personality for years in Knoxville. Uh, also uh, here in Atlanta with me back in, God, 40 years ago or more. Uh, and uh, just, uh, what a, what a darn, uh, just the nicest man. He was a huge fire nut. He, if there were, <laughs> half the time he'd come into work. And again, I mean, I'm trying to remember, our shift was officially 4 a.m. to noon. And I would come in at 3 because there was a great feed off the network of sound bites I wanted for my newscasts in the morning. So I would always come in early. So I was always the first one there and putting all the stuff together. And half the time, Dave would come in, Dave Folk would come into the newsroom smelling like smoke. And it was because he saw, ooh, ooh, there's a fire truck. If he ever saw a fire truck on the way into work, and he chased it. And he was, he knew all the firemen. They were, he, he was like a, a volunteer uh pet for all the fire teams all over metro atlanta they all knew him uh, anytime he ever showed up in a news car oh come on damn I mean, he was helping him fight fires i think they gave him his own uh, fire coat and one of those fire hats you know the big helmet things <clears throat> anyway and and a bag full of sliders uh just oh man i i, I feel i can't believe it i just got what a what a shame what a nice man just as nice as he could be and again 70 what years old did it say 70 uh, well, it, I don't know if it did, did say. Um, I don't know. I, I'm sorry. Oh, I just, I'm so I can't believe it. It's just so sad, 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 sad. Davy. Anyway, uh, what a shame. Uh, 422 with a camera, Pete and Flounder. Uh, 
Well, you know, the older you get. <laughs> I'm at the stage now where, uh, you know, I don't read the obituary section in the paper, but I'm <laughs> too, too afraid I'm going to know all my friends. Anyway, Dave Folk passed away from uh, stage four uh, colon cancer. So sorry. Anyway, nice man. Did you ever know? You probably never knew him, Pete. I don't think you had ever had any connection with Dave Folk. I, I knew of him. I knew of him. Yeah. Anyway, a real, a real old country boy. I mean, he he looked old country. He was old country. And when he uh, he was with me here in Atlanta for a long time, and then he uh, he and his wife just wanted to go back to their old uh, old hometown in East Tennessee, someplace, and 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 that's what he did. And just uh, he was all over Facebook. And if you know Dave Folk, passed away, I guess last night with his family, as he uh, slipped peacefully into the next life. So uh, bless you, my friend. Uh, Four twenty three with a camera, Pete and Flounder. Here's the number: four zero four seven four one one two three zero. I mentioned before the break about this woman uh, saying that she can't take care of herself, and she's back to work nine to. She's a Gen Zer, twenty three years old, and she just can't balance trying to take care of her body while she's going to work. It just doesn't have time to go to the gym and, and, and eat really good food and make really good meals. So she's doing fast food and not working out, and she's getting to be a big, fat pig and doesn't like the way she looks, and so she wants it to be normal. Well, here now is the sound of a young lady who is a Gen Zer, and this is an example of what she has found as she tries to enter uh, the president uh, white trash uh, workforce. I cannot stand how the news has been dogging Gen Z and calling them lazy for not wanting to work a nine to five for the rest of their lives. Let me put it in perspective for everybody who's a little confused here, okay? I work five days out of the week, 40 hours a week, okay? I do okay. not make enough to live on my own. I would not make enough to pay rent, water, electric, and eat all by myself. I would not be capable of doing that. 20 years ago when you were getting started, you could live on your own. 20 years ago, when you first started, you were able to do everything that I am now struggling to do. Let me add another perspective here. You've been working for 20 years. You have 20 years of working experience behind your belt. You have 20 years of experience in a career that has allowed you to gain raises, to get more money, to profit you in an economy that you created. You can sit here and you can call Gen Z lazy all you want, but I've been working my tail end off just to barely make it by. And respectfully, I don't want to do that for the rest of my life. I don't want to work my tail end off, wasting all of my life working just to barely be able to pay my bills. And that is what you created, not Gen Z. We're just here getting started. You've been doing it for the last 20 years. You tell me how it got ruined. We can sit here and we can call Gen Z lazy all you want, but you let the economy turn into what it did. (laughs) You let it all run to hell and now it's gen z's fault because we don't want to work to fix your mistakes what a bitch jeez she's missing an important word there when she says you she should follow it with you democrats that's right who vote that way who want you dependent on government who don't want you self-sufficient who don't want you to have your own house or your own place or own anything remember though we're not supposed to own anything in 20 years and we'll be the happiest that's right yeah. Well, uh, first of all, some of the reaction is she's in a car alone making a TikTok video on her iPhone. Pretty sure the problem isn't me she's talking to since I was working since I was 12, just saying. Also, uh, had she gotten an education and not just working for Walmart? Well, it's about choices, 40 hours a week. Sheesh, I used to work 60 or 70 hours a week. I worked from the bottom to the top by hard work and education. No one handed me squat. Another one, Jesus provides all you need to everybody equally. It's 21st century. I don't mean to offend anybody, but what you're saying makes no sense. Another, you let me know how asking him to pay for your mortgage does you good. <laughs> uh, I swear you don't have a brain. Uh, I love Jesus, but he ain't paying my bills. 
Uh, try and say that to the homeless. And is there a Jesus check that pays the mortgage? Uh, did it get lost in the mail? And by the way, complaining about working a 40-hour week? Holy crap. I mean, I, I mean, you know, 6 a.m. to 7 to 6 p.m. is 12. That's 60 hours. And that's not including every night I spend at least an hour and a half getting ready for the show and every weekend. And she's bitching about working 40 hours a week and she can't take care of herself? I'm kind of torn on this because, you know, we were raised with the work ethic, the Protestant work ethic, whatever you want to call it, that you do work, you do do your own way and all that. But on the other hand, I kind of sympathize with the fact I don't think we were put on planet Earth to work 40 hours a week in a damn cubicle somewhere, pushing paper around and pushing numbers around on a computer screen. I don't think that's any way to live either. Yeah. So, well, on the other hand, uh, a couple of things. On the Glenn Beck show this morning, I heard the guy named Brian Will. He's an Alpharetta restaurateur, and he mentioned his restaurant's names, but I, I was doing stuff for the show while I'm listening to the, uh, his show, Glenn Beck, so I didn't catch it. But he's an, a well-known entrepreneur, restaurateur, Brian Will's his name, Alpharetta. He, he got a call from a buddy that says, I'm mocking him, saying, hey, Brian, I'm enjoying your $16 BLT. <laughs> he said, well, I'll tell you where that $16 BLT came from. And he kind of broke it down. I didn't take a whole bunch of notes because, again, I was doing something else at the time. But basically... Basically, he said of a $16 BLT, he, uh, it actually, the, the food actually costs about five bucks. But then you have to put together his expenses to have the restaurant that makes it. The, the the bills the uh, not only the uh, the cost of the machinery and the cost of the building and the rent and the mortgage and the salaries are the biggest thing he says for example he, he said it costs eleven dollars uh, out of the out of the sixteen dollars to take care of business at the most he said uh, for example when I hire an eighteen year old kid out of high school with no college no education no experience no nothing I I have to pay him thirty three thousand dollars a year. For a kid with nothing, can't do anything. Thirty-three grand a year. Scott's on the line. He wants to comment on the Gen Zers. Uh, okay, excellent. He said, "This guy, uh, uh, hold on, Scott. This guy, uh, Brian Will says, if he makes a profit of two dollars, he has to sell something like nine hundred thousand BLTs for his company wide to be able to make a profit to break even. And so, and he says, you know, it's it's the cost of everything's gone up." Everything's up 40%, 20%, 60%. So he says if he doesn't charge 16 bucks, he won't even break, he can't break even making $16 for a BLT. Uh, so, you know, here we go. Now, as you say, Scott is uh, on the line. Uh, yeah, that's correct, Scott. Scott, welcome aboard. You're on the radio, man. I appreciate you calling. What's up? Hey, man. How's it going? We're doing uh, great. Yes, sir. Yeah, you sound like it. So as far as the last girl who you just quoted, God bless her for <laughs> Pointed head, you know. I'll be I'll be 69 in uh, two weeks, and when I go to work, I'm lucky to to be out of to, to be out in 70 hours, and that's one week. Yeah, you know. Yeah. It's, I mean, give me a break. And the other one who who works so hard and is so flustered when she comes home yeah. and she just has to. <laughs> Got a double whammy on Led Zeppelin for you here today. 433, Timber, Pete, and Flounder. How's it going? And also, uh, let's see, uh, Rita's coming up on the phone at 404-741-1230. Here's a little Led Zeppelin. Wow. A couple of things. Jimmy Page 
is 80 years old today. Led Zeppelin legend, big albums, Led Zeppelin, good times, bad times. Led Zeppelin 2, whole lot of love, living, loving, ma living, loving maid, she's just a woman. Uh, Tangerine, immigrant song, Led Zeppelin 3, uh, Led Zeppelin 4 with Black Dog, Rock and Roll, Stairway to Heaven. Jimmy Page, 80 years old today, and on this day in 1970, during a British tour, Led Zeppelin appeared at the Royal Albert Hall in London the night of Jimmy Page's 26th birthday. In the audience, John Lennon, Eric Clapton, and Jeff Beck. A two-and-a-half-quarter-hour set, long set, was recorded and filmed, but it was shelved for decades, eventually seeing a release in 2003 of the Led Zeppelin performance uh, on a DVD. So that's a scoop there with a scoop there. And uh, well, a quick birthday, David Costabile. I don't, you may not know the name. He's 57. David Costabile was the guy who was the number two guy on the uh, TV show Billions, uh, the Showtime show Billions. He was, uh, uh, not Cos, whatever I forgot his name was. He was the number two guy, uh, uh, bad guy with uh, the billionaire guy. And he was also the gay chemist from Breaking Bad uh, who the little guy from Breaking Bad had to go shoot in the face at his house. I can't remember his name either, but he was a well-known actor. His name, David Costabile, 57 today. Anyway, uh, 435. Uh, Rita, hold on one second. I want to uh, get a quick update on the... Uh, well, in fact, she wouldn't talk about the Gen Z people. Is that right? Do I have that right, Flounder? Okay, Rita, you're on the radio, and then we'll talk some more about hiring stuff, and then we'll recap uh, the, what's going on with the uh, disgrace of uh, Fulton County DA's. Uh, so, hey, Rita, how you doing, baby? Welcome aboard. What's up? She's also on, you know, a $1,500 cell phone, <laughs> you know, that costs $100, $200 a month for, you know, I mean, so, uh, I mean, obviously, and, and again, what bothers me, Rita, is that she was mad about it. She was angry as though, you know, she was uh, so offended that she's been put in this position by us ogres of a past generation, and, and they're mad about it. It's not that they feel sad that they really can't make ends meet. They're angry. I mean, my God, <laughs> I just, I don't get it. They're not. Either because they're not used to in the 80s, almost everybody had two jobs. Yeah. Even if it was working at McDonald's, they might work in an office during the day, but when they left that office, they probably went to McDonald's and served burgers just because they could feed their kids. Yeah. Yeah. 
know. Rita, I really appreciate your call, and baby, you have a great day. Be careful out there, and uh, call anytime. We really appreciate it. Thanks. Thank, thank you. So, fourth, almost four thirty-eight here with the camera. I mean, hell, I'm, 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 I've worked two jobs forever. I worked two jobs here in Atlanta. I, I, I worked know, two jobs every city I've been in. We're we're missing the point here. We've got Nancy Pelosi and her generation, who are older than us, by yeah, the way, the yeah. Schumers, who have sold the country down the river, put us in amazing debt. They've been partying their whole lives on this debt. And who's going to have to pay for it? Yeah. The Gen Zers are yeah. going to have to pay for it. The party's going to be over very soon if it's yeah. not already it's, over. It's not sustainable. And all the ones like yeah. and Pelosi and them will be dead, but they'll have partied their whole life. They're making millions hand over fist with their stock trades and all that in Congress, yeah. which they shouldn't be allowed to do. So there's a, a point to the fact that their generation's coming up now don't have a chance because of the generation of, in front of us stole all the money. Yeah. Well, in fact, here's a, a very interesting story that came out today, a survey by a company that uh, looked at 800 managers, directors, executives involved with hiring all over the country. And uh, their biggest complaint was about recent Gen Z college graduates. Again, Gen Z is like 18 to 29 area. They're struggling with aspects of professional life and everyday life. Here are some of the key findings that they found in a survey of bosses, managers, directors, and executives. 40% of the employers avoid hiring recent college graduates. They'd rather hire older people. 40%. 20% say that a recent college graduate brought a parent to their job interview. Their parent. <laughs> God in heaven. Mom, shall I ask him anything else? Jeez. Uh, 60% say recent college grads are unprepared for the workforce. And 50% say they've had to fire a guy who just got out of college. Can't do the job. Uh, then they offer older workers a better pay, increased benefits to avoid hiring Gen Z college grads. They have a variety of tactics to avoid working with these people. Uh, older employees can work remotely or a hybrid kind of format. They're willing to hire an older employee overqualified for the position to avoid working with somebody younger. The young kids come in demanding ridiculous salaries and perks and cars and vacations and stuff like that. Uh, also, here's some of the other complaints by these guys who are trying to hire Gen Z type guys. Uh, not only ridiculous salary demands, they don't look you in the eye. They have social blunders all over the place. Uh, they're unprepared. Uh, they struggle with eye contact during interviews. Half ask for unreasonable compensation. 50% show up dressed inappropriately. Uh, I, I, like 20 or 5 like a quarter of them say that a candidate refused to turn off their, uh, uh, oh, let's see, they uh, had a candidate refused to turn on their camera for a virtual interview, and 20% say the recent college grads brought a parent with them to the interview. Now, in their defense, uh, the, naysay, the, the liberals are saying, well, you know, we had this whole COVID thing. So young people graduating from college now have had two years of disruption in their classroom, no social contact, no professional development. Uh, so they're saying you really should research the company you're going to be talking about better than you do now. Uh, don't make, Stop making ridiculous uh, compensation demands and overcome your nerves. Practice. Uh, the, the 63% of employers, 63%, that's two-thirds of employers say working with college graduates are that just can't handle the workload. Uh, they're late to work. They miss deadlines and assignments. They're late to meetings. Uh, it's like they're not really taking it seriously. Mm -hmm. they, they, don't, they don't know how to discipline themselves to get the job done. 
Uh, I feel a little sorry for them, frankly, because your and I parents taught us the right way. We went to schools that taught us the right way. These kids, they have not been going to schools teaching them the right things. Their parents don't give a damn if they even have two parents anymore. They're helicopter parents on all this. And I'm afraid they have no hope. What hope do they have that things are going to get better for them? Well, I, I I I can't answer. I don't know. It's a great question. Bill's on the line, and he uh, said that uh, she wasn't wrong about one thing. So, Bill, Bill you're on the radio. Welcome aboard, man. Thanks for calling. What's up? We got to ask ourselves: Who allowed the uh, Federal Reserve to come into existence? Who allowed the income tax to come into existence? Who allowed us to get sucked into World War One, and then subsequently Treaty of Versailles and the War Two, a pause in between? All these things: Vietnam, Korea. I have six of those Gen Z and other uh, whatever gen- generation they call it. Yeah. But she has a kernel truth in that we are leaving them with huge amounts of debt that we created, allowed to exist, and come into existence. Yeah. That is our responsibility as their parents and their grandparents to correct those problems and get rid of them. Because these kids will never have a chance. Oh, they'll be screwed. That's In fact, we're, they're still doing it. We're still doing it. We, we're passing bills now. They're, you know, they, now they have to complain about border security, which is not really security, but they're going to jack it up again to give more money for freaking Ukraine. I mean, it's never-ending. Yeah, no, war no more. But I've been in Afghanistan. I've been to Baghdad. I, I do understand that a lot of them are prima donnas, and they don't. I plow with a mule growing up with no running water and no electricity. Mm. So I get I get where I came from and my parents came from, but they also have to exist in a world that's totally different than I than what I grew up in. Yeah. And we got to help them get free of this yoke that we've left them, and and their generation is not going to survive. Yeah. I mean, if this boils down to that. Well, it's unsustainable. You can, we can't keep going into debt. It's going to have to be paid at some point. Someone's going to the bills due. <laughs> it's, I, I yes, mean, <laughs> it comes due. It, it, it's just like, you know, my attitude when I was overseas, nobody gets out alive in life. And, you know, you've got to be prepared to, to meet your maker. But you got to leave something right for your kids and your grandkids. Yeah, that's I'm, all I'm saying. Yeah, I appreciate. Yeah. It. Well, again, you're you're a wise man. You've been around. You've been there. You've done it, and you see the results, and you see with the future, and it's not really a very pretty picture. No, uh, and they're spoiled rotten. Yeah. <laughs> hey, God bless you, my friend. Welcome home, <laughs> and thanks for serving <laughs> your country. Four forty-four. Oh, oh, God! Wait, it's, it's, it's jolting in the camera. What, what did we forget? Ow. What you got here, Rafflaud? Another comedy bit. Excellent. There we go. So I'm flying into Las Vegas. Not right now. <laughs> I, I set that up for you like ten times. <laughs> All right, seriously. <laughs> So I'm flying into Las Vegas. Wow, you guys said that with such disdain. I almost don't want to tell you the next joke. So I'm flying into Las Vegas. No, no. All right, we got it. We got it. All right. Well, I'll just do this on a perpetual loop. I talked to you. We're going to see how many times they say it. And uh, when the plane lands... They make this announcement, word for word. They get on and they say, do not get up until the pilot turns off the fastened seatbelt sign. 
And I looked at the guy next to me. I said, someone's going to get up. And he goes, no, they won't. I said, yes, they will. He goes, I'll bet you 50 bucks. I'm like, dude, you're on. So we're taxiing. We're almost to the gate. Sure enough, I got up. <laughs> That's a great bar bet. So you got... uh, 4.46 with the Kimber, Pete, and Flounder. And coming up in a second, the latest on our trampy prosecutor in Fulton County and also the situation shifts you may be finding yourself in for Valentine's Day. The situation ships? Boy and girl stuff? Well, coming up next, Kimber, Pete, and Flounder right here. <laughs> the old Beatles, the Kimmer Beatles. He said so. The Beatles on this day, 1965, began a nine-week run at number one in America in the album chart with Beatles 65, their fourth number one. Eight of their 14 songs uh, from Beatles for Sale and includes I'll Be Back from A Hard Day's Night and the single I Feel Fine. Uh, she's a woman. She's right here. Da, da, da. There we go, a little Beatles. Here. Uh, with the old Kimmer Who sings this? Oh, uh, that was the Beatles. Let's keep it no, that thank way. Thank you very much. <laughs> waiting for that. Our birthday list includes A.J. McLean. We never did the results of our polls. Flounder's got the results of our poll oh, about yeah, Lacey Underall. We'll get in a second. Uh, our birthday list poll. includes A.J. McLean. Uh, this is how Flounder's guy writes this about him. A.J. McLean is 46, the baddest Backstreet Boy. Uh, he went to rehab in 2001 for his addictions to alcohol, drugs, and groupies. <laughs> Okie dokie. Hard to get over that last part. Not of it. in that order. No. And also from uh, Flounder's new uh, sheet of interesting things going on around the world, there is a, com a consumer electronics show going on. I think it's in Vegas. They always have it in Vegas. One of the things they're uh, activating and showing and specializing in at the consumer show today is... An LG see-through television. It's called OLED-T. The T stands for transparent. On this TV set, when you turn it off, you can see right through it. There's no big black rectangle of the dark screen. You can see through it. And they say getting rid of the big black rectangle makes the whole room feel bigger. Now, how they do that, I don't know, because you've got to have stuff inside the screen, but they do it. It's a see-through TV. I didn't say how much it costs. I'll bet it's a lot. Anyway, uh, just for the record. Uh, Kimmer, Pete, and Flounder, how are you doing? 451, almost 452. Uh, do you have the, you want to do the poll thing here? Uh, yeah, so yesterday we were talking about Lacey Underall and how she had passed away and how she's the woman on Caddyshack who... Uh, has a lust for life, as Kimmer likes <laughs> to say. She's staying with us for the summer. <laughs> so we uh, we asked uh, the Twitter people, did you find her attractive? And 80% 80, 80 said yes, and 19% said no. Huh. Well, I, I think she was a dick. I think she was attractive, but but she was too skinny for the part, and she was too uh, too something for the part. I don't know why. I didn't see I liked her, I mean, and I think she was a great actress, and I, I, her part, she did everything right. She was, mm. you know, you want to tie me up with your tie, tie, and you were in Vietnam. I mean, she, she was great, but it just, she, for some reason, I didn't look you at know, her as that character. 
Sorry. <laughs> that movie came out in the late 1970s, right, or 1980, somewhere eight, around there. Yeah, I think there. it was 80, 79, yeah. 80. So that's like 43 years ago. I had to wait 43 years before some homosexual named Kim Peterson said that she wasn't good for the part. I never heard anybody complain about her being in that movie until you showed up. Well, I'm, I'm just, I know, I'm sorry. Now, the other little girl was great, although she had that stupid accent, and that didn't make any sense either. I'm just, it, just, it just, anyway, it was whatever. I'm just, so anyways. Right, I, got, I, got, yeah. I got an answer for you. All right. When that, uh, this new tr transparent TV came out, we're talking $100,000, okay? Oh, wow. But no, no, no. They brought it down now. How much you think you're paying for it right now? The, the see-through TV? The, the new see-through TV? Yeah, is 70, that what you're uh, Which, by the way, looks pretty cool, by the way. Is it, is, are you talking about like a big five-foot one, big big square wall-mounted TV? 77-inch. Oh, it's like a six-footer. Holy cow. Okay, a little more than a six-footer, six and a half feet. Um, uh, well, probably uh, six grand. Lower. Really, four grand, four thousand nine hundred ninety-nine. Really, five hundred five thousand uh, dollars. Well, I, I wonder whether it's worth it for that extra money to be able to see through the TV against the no. wall. What the hell? I mean, it sounds no. stupid. And plus, I, I, no. it just seems like one more thing that would go wrong. You know, there'd be, there must be some reason they could get away with not having parts that block your view, which means there's some place they're normally not, which means I'll bet there's a better chance that something's not going to really fit the way it normally well, would. You know what I mean? No. <laughs> it's like, remember the old Macs looked like a complete old TV sets with a whole back behind yeah. it and everything? Yeah. And then they came up with the new Macs, which is like I have. And I remember when they handed me the box, I said, well, where's the computer? He says, that is a computer. Your screen is your computer. Yeah. The whole thing's built into that. Well, this is very similar yeah, to what the I new guess. TVs are just all built in. I guess. Wow. Uh, 454 uh, with a Kimmer Pita and Flounder. Here's a number, 404-741-1230, And uh, Fanny a Chicken Liver, the uh, black supremacist, Trump-hating, uh, anti-white prosecutor, disgrace of Fulton County, has been caught... As uh, I don't know how you uh, 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 put this under the label of a, a political trollop. Uh, I don't know how else to say it. Uh, Fanny, the D.A., Fulton County D.A., Fanny Chicken Liver Willis, has been having a secret, improper, unethical, slimy relationship with a married special prosecutor who helped the grand jury indictment against Donald Trump. A former campaign Trump official named Michael Roman made a court filing saying she should be thrown out of the case and the case dropped. She hired, well, uh, Fannie Willis apparently has been cheating on uh, with Nathan Wade, a private attorney uh, from his own uh, law firm in Atlanta. And uh, she apparently was having an affair with him, causing his wife to file for divorce. And then when that became public, Fannie tried, uh, uh, had that sealed so nobody could find out that she was cheating with him. And that's what caused him to get a divorce and that they were having an affair. The reason it's important they were having an affair is to understand that then she hired him to work on the Trump case, even though he's not the specialist who should be hired from now she had dozens of people in her office who should have done the job against donald trump as part of already on her staff instead she hired this guy she was having sex with uh, old mr sodomy nathan wade a private attorney and paid him seven hundred thousand dollars in legal fees and then guess what they started taking nice vacations to napa valley the caribbean i mean gee that sounds a little fishy don't you think well, Mr. Romans ordered the court to disqualify the DA in her office and stop prosecuting this matter on the grounds that they were engaged in improper clandestine personal relationship. 
Uh, the resulted in the special prosecutor and the DA profiting significantly from the prosecution at the expense of the taxpayers. They violated laws regulating use of public money, irreparable conflicts of interest, violating oaths of office under the rules of professional conduct, and should be disqualified. Uh, the sources close to the prosecutor and DA say they had an ongoing fling and that Wade filed for divorce in Cobb County a day after his first contract with Fanny Chicken Liver Willis commenced in November 2021. When, they, when she filed uh, his contract, he filed for divorce. Uh, they cohabitated in some form or fashion at a location that neither of them owned. Willis's uh, failure to disclose her relationship with Wade while paying him for his work on the Trump case with funds he allegedly used to vacation with her for their uh, little sodomy vacations could amount to honest services fraud, as well as a predicate act which could result in a RICO charge against both the district attorney and the special prosecutor. Oh, my God, they're charging Trump with a RICO charge. The old, you know, uh, uh, Joe Bananas and uh, and who's the other uh, uh, Chicago guy uh, with a Scarface uh, 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 Capone against Donald Trump. And they ought to have the RICO charge filed against them. Seven hundred thousand dollars. Fuck him, Dano. <laughs> Little John. <laughs> Rico. <laughs> oh my God! This tramp has been hanging, having an affair with the guy that she put on the payroll. Seven hundred thousand dollars. Oh. You know what this reminds me of? What? This is Reconstruction all over again. Churchill called Reconstruction just after the Civil War. He called that the most corrupt. Republican government in the history of republics. And by Republican, he means like our system of government, not the party. Yeah, yeah. That it was the most corrupt in the history of the world of republics. It was the worst. And I think we're right back on that now with this paying each other off. There's a woman up in Chicago that's just been called doing stuff. Oh, like man, this. that mayor up there. There's a mayor in a little town outside of Chicago. She, uh, she She's black and she is a, uh, she looks like she's, uh, she thinks she's a rock star. Uh, she has her own makeup specialist that she pays for by the city funds. Her salary is $200,000, but she has had a law passed by her council people saying if she is not reelected, then the salary goes back to the $20,000 of the mayor before her. Uh, she has her own staff of stuff. She does. Uh, there's video of her doing like social things all the time. Uh, she's got free cars and free trips and free. I mean, it's unbelievable. She's bilking. And the average salary in that part of Chicago or outside of Chicago is $24,000 a year. She gets 200 grand. And if she doesn't get reelected, it goes back to $20,000 salary for the next mayor. <laughs> it's reconstruction all yeah. over again. Yeah. Corruption. Yeah, unreal. Uh, coming up on 5 o'clock, the latest on the Trump hearings today. Also, uh, situationship relationships. Coming up just in time for Valentine's Day. 5 o'clock with the Kimber Feed and Here we go. Is this the year you want to grow your business? Do you want to expand your team? Build a new office? Hey, it's Tug, and I want to tell you about First Liberty Building and Loan. Aren't you exhausted by going to lenders, building a relationship, and a week later, you're dealing with a new person? You won't have to with First Liberty Building and Loan. The Frost family has been helping businesses grow since the 90s, and they can help you too. They know the patterns, they know the ebbs and flows, and they know business. Now the Frost family wants to know you. FirstLibertyGA.com. Buying a building, building a building, buying a franchise, 
or expanding. Reach out and spend 10 minutes with them. See if you're a fit for them and if they're a fit for you. FirstLibertyGA.com. By the way, if you're a young banker and you want to work with a team that's faith-friendly with a culture of excellence, First Liberty might be a good match. Reach out to First Liberty Building and Loan at FirstLibertyGA.com. That's FirstLibertyGA.com. Let's get it together, ladies. Left shoulder, right of blank. Ready on your dog target. It's only me, it's only the giver. Don't be scared. It's 503, and you got the giver Pete and Flounder here on 1063. How's it going? I had a big storm last night. It's uh, it's kind of sunny out. It's getting dark now, of course, but it was uh, turned out to be a nice day. All is well. Of course, it's winter, no big deal. Uh, the Northeast is getting pounded, such as it is. Okay, a bunch of things going on here. Holy crap, it's sports is coming up. Flounder's funnies. We got uh, Pete's tweets. Uh, a bunch of breaking news stories. Including, I just, I, I can't believe, I, I, it may have come in last night, and I just saw it a while ago, that my old co-morning man, Dave Folk, passed away. And again, if you're a long-time, old-time radio listener in Atlanta, you know the name. I came here in 1972. I started working with Dave in the, I guess, 1980 or something like that. Uh, and he, before me, we were working at the, at, the, at the formerly number one radio station, the big one in town. Uh, doing the morning show, and before I got here, he was working with a, a guy named Sam, and it was, they were known as Sam and Dave, the morning team of Sam and Dave, the news guys, very well known on the big station. And then I came in, and we worked together for many years, and then he went back to East Tennessee, where he was kind of born and raised uh, with his... Uh, he's a good old country boy, and, and just, I mean, he was just one of the nicest guys there. He had stage four colon cancer. Uh, he'd been on my Facebook page for, well, the last year or so, talking about going to the hospital and doing various things. I had no idea that it was that bad and it was that that's what it was and uh, last night apparently he with his family his uh, three kids and his wife were there as he uh, slowly slipped into the um, the afterlife and uh, I, I I'm just uh, it's very very I mean he was just such a sweet man sweet guy great guy helpful friendly uh, when I came as a new guy, I came back. I was here in the 70s and I left, came back, and, and we just, you know, just like old times. Just a wonderful guy, and uh, I'll miss him. Dave Folt passed away. I don't, I, I didn't say how old he was in the story I saw, but uh, he had to be close to my, he's in his 70s, something or other. Uh, 505, Kimmer, Pete, and Flounder. 404 is our number. Uh, Dave Folk, sorry, man. Um, just a nice man. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, well, let's see. Oh, uh, breaking news. Oh, I just my uh, iPad. Just, uh, while I was talking, you know, that's the only one thing about about phones and iPads. When if I look up a story, and I just leave it there, it takes what like thirty seconds. It goes black. It, it goes back. That's just the thing. So you don't waste a lot of battery power. I'm guessing, right? I mean, I'm, I'm the same thing. If I don't do anything to touch this screen, it's going to go dark and go back to, you know, the blank, and I have to open it up again. Well, here's the story. The new, uh, one of the new breaking stories that just happened this afternoon is Jeffrey Epstein's the latest document drop from as part of the uh, lawsuit by uh, Virginia Jeffrey. <clears throat> Well, I've heard her name pronounced different ways, Joffrey or some other. Anyway, Virginia, and her uh, uh, suing her accomplice and Jeffrey uh, Epstein, uh, Ghislaine Maxwell accomplice, revealing that former Democratic governor of New Mexico, Bill Richardson, 
And Marvin, oops, where the hell to go now? I just it just disappeared. Here we go. Oh, here we go. Uh, uh, the final set of documents uh, showed that. Uh, let's see. Here we go. Richardson, the former Democratic governor of New Mexico and former President Clinton ambassador to the United Nations, who died in September, apparently is named as one of the traffickers for the young girls. Also, they mentioned today in the drop today, uh, this guy Minsky was a leading computer scientist at MIT. He died in 2016. And Wexner is the founder of Limited Brands and former Victoria's Secret CEO. The Wexner Foundation has not responded to the calls about him being named as a sex trafficker for underage girls. As the latest drop of the Jeffrey Epstein documents has come out. Uh, this uh, girl, Virginia, also said she was sex trafficked to a well-known prime minister whose name was not revealed. And there is at least one, um, one or maybe two names that are still being hidden <laughs> until, uh, until later. Yes. Not a king, not a prime minister. <laughs> a duke. It could be a viscount, maybe. <laughs> a viscount. I always wanted to be a viscount. I'd love to be a viscount. How do you get to be a viscount? I mean, you and I are both I ordained know. ministers. How can you get to be a viscount? Anybody, anybody in the British king. embassy listening to the Kimmer and Pete and Flounder right now, If you, or anybody in the like a foreign service, State Department people. How the hell can I get to be a Viscount? Well, would that be like a money thing, or is that like being an ambassador? Look, you just have to I, donate. I, I, I am ready. I am ready to acknowledge that the state of Belgium exists if you make me a Viscount of Belgium. Oh, well, there you are. I assume they probably have Viscounts in Belgium. I don't know. I've, I've, but we, have, we should go to Belgium. <laughs> Why? I, just to Why go, to prove we can go to Belgium. <laughs> What's up there, Flounder? Yeah, Barbara on the line. She wanted to chat with you about slowing down the phone number and a couple other things. Okay. I got Barbara, welcome aboard. Happy, happy Tuesday with the Kimber Pete and Flounder. What's up? Hi, Kimber. Happy Tuesday to you. Thank you, sweetie. Yes, he, um, yes. Um, I probably had to go through about five times listening to the phone number before I could write it down because I can't remember it. I'm an old lady. Plus, Bill Murray in Stripes. That was the movie he was in when he was singing that song that y'all were talking about a couple of days oh, ago. Oh, yeah. The, uh, 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 well, I can't remember what we were talking about now. But, uh, it was the Lounge Lizard. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah the the Lounge Lizard. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's yeah. true. Yeah, I was yelling at the radio, going, "Strike! Strike!" <laughs> That's sorry, Ben. Well, well, you got to us. We finally we have updated and corrected yes. our earlier comments. Yes. <laughs> and one more thing. Yeah. Um, they were talking about I can't remember who it was, but uh, they were talking about the medicine, and they were wanting to get something that didn't have caffeine in it, and uh, right, it was, it was a brand Pete. name. Yeah, that was Pete. Yep. Oh, okay. Okay. Yep. Well, just remember, every company puts out a, uh, a medicine that has the same as the brand. They just charge more for it for the brand, but it's the same identical drug. Excellent. Well, you know, you've been very helpful and a true Kimmer babe, and we appreciate it. And again, I'll say the number even slower to make sure that everybody gets it, and that's why I try to do it slowly enough so you can get it down. Yeah, thank you, Kimmer. Thanks, I appreciate it. 510 with a Kimmer uh, Pete and Flounder right here. Uh, so anyway, the Jeffrey Epstein documents, are ma uh, two of the um, people mentioned are dead. Uh, but still, I mean, how'd you like to have that as your final epitaph? A former governor of New Mexico, Bill Richardson, the Democrat, was a you know sex trafficker for little girls. 
Uh, and, and this guy Wexner, he's still alive. They still got the Wexner Foundations, a big-time Charlie billionaire donator of uh, Democrat causes and stuff. So I wonder what they're going to have to say about this. And there are two more names still being hidden, and they're going to have to go to court and prove that there is a reason they should be hidden. And if there isn't, they'll be released. And one of them is a girl, and we're one, we mentioned earlier last week whether it was uh, Uma Aberdeen, the former ex-wife, the ex-wife of the uh, pervert uh, congressman and the Hillary Clinton girl. Or whether she was uh, involved in the sex trafficking, but was afraid to have her name come true because she lives in Egypt now or something. I don't know. And she's Arab, and you're afraid they're going to stone her. Five uh, Eleven, Timber Pete and Flounder, and the other thing, this guy Ray Epps. We've had that name before. Sixty-two year old ex-Marine, and he uh, pleaded guilty in September as part of the disorderly, disruptive conduct in the mostly peaceful Ashley Babbitt Day, January sixth event at the Capitol. Uh, former uh, President Trump supporter. He was a guy, uh, thanks to Republicans and Tucker Carlson, are the only ones who showed him giving directions, telling people the day before and the day of, go in the building. You've got to get in the building. Get in there. Go in that building. He planned it. He was working with his relatives back home to plan the damn thing from Arizona. And yet, for some reason, uh, because the conspiracy was true that he was working as part of one of the FBI undercover guys, which they've all denied and lied about under oath and elsewhere, uh, and, and now he goes, in, he goes into court, this Ray Epps goes into court today, and it says, oh, the violence wasn't generated by the FBI. It was generated by people like me who supported President Trump and listened to his lies. He had a life-changing reality shift when President Trump's cult turned on him. He said, I shouldn't have. That's not what a constitution-loving American should have done. So Ray Epps got $500 fine, 100 hours of community service, which he's trying to get out of, uh, and six months in uh, probation. No jail time whatsoever. In fact, compare that to the uh, grandmother who got prison time for uh, pushing a shopping cart with some other friends around a police barricade. And she's going to prison, a grandmother. How about compare that to Ashley Babbitt, the unarmed female liberal, uh, I mean, uh, 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 a female protester uh, complaining about the liberal causes, unarmed uh, in the Capitol, shot in the neck and murdered by a rogue police officer. She was sentenced to death. For being there, for walking there. And Ray Epps will let it, and he gets off with everything. Uh, absolutely out, outrageous and unbelievable. Uh, he, he went back and forth suing uh, Tucker Carlson because he said Tucker ruined his life and the Fox people spread lies about him. Uh, he was on the 60 Minutes interview, and his wife and he were on the run because of death threats or something. Unbelievable. Uh, he was in on it, and he got away with it. What a freaking disgrace. What a freaking disgrace. Oh, man. <sighs> They're asking for it. 513. All right, we'll have some fun. Holy crap, of sports is coming up. We got Pete's tweets. We got more Flounders funnies. And it's all standing by 513 with a Kimmer Pete and Flounder. And uh, congratulations, Michigan, too. Stand up. Here we got a couple of sports birthdays coming up. Also, I've got a lot of crap because I put the picture of my son-in-law and my grandson who were at the game last night on my Facebook. Oh, good Michigan shots, man. Jeez, take it easy. All right, here we go. It's time for Holy Crap at Sports with Pete Davis. Breaking brave news. Ooh. Breaking. Their AA affiliate in Pearl, Mississippi, the Mississippi Braves, will be relocating to Columbus, Georgia for the 2025 season. 
This makes 2024 the last in Pearl after 19 years over there. Columbus used to have a minor league team called the Mudcats who moved to North Carolina many years ago. Mudcats was a great little uh, thing. I don't know. They'll probably still be the Columbus Braves or something like that, I imagine. Well, that's that's nice. Good for us. Well, Michigan won the Natty 34-13 over Washington, mainly by making Michael Penix Jr. play like Desmond Ritter. (laughs) It also didn't help that the ACC referees were blind when it came to Michigan holding anybody. They overlooked at least two instances, but in the fourth quarter, with the score just 20-13 to 13 Michigan, Penix connected with a long pass that could have put the Huskies in a position to tie the game. But the referees suddenly put their glasses on and found a holding penalty against Washington, a hold I've yet to see, even though I've watched the video a hundred times. It was a ticky-tack call at best. And it, it basically wow, really? changed the whole. It could have been an exciting tied game going tied into the last half of the fourth quarter. Instead, Michigan scored and it was pretty much over. And it was the lawyers on the field that ruined that for all of us. I've, uh, that's really disappointing. If it was that obvious, I didn't. I didn't watch it was much very of the game. Obvious. Yeah, wow, that's very that obvious. Stinks. And by the uh, way, so now I assume. Yeah. Uh, what's your opinion of whether Georgia uh, would have uh, beat either one of them? Well, if you just a little. Patient, I'm sorry. I'm I sorry. Will. I didn't mean to jump ahead. I mean, no, I, this is your thing. And but, although I, I, now they're, you know, they're stealing it on the morning show. Tug this morning started playing your oh. holy crap at sports theme show. They're doing Play your whole nice. sports thing now in the morning show and doing Play birthdays nice. and history. I mean, it's, I, I'm telling you, they're uh, and again, you know, uh, flattery. They want to be more like the afternoon yeah. show. So, Pete Davis, you're it's, now a star of the morning, too. It's the highest form of flattery. It is a wonderful form. Like wonderful form. So all the experts are saying that Michigan beat the best teams in the country. Wrong. <laughs> they did not beat Georgia. No. Alabama did, and the Wolverines beat Bama. But the team that lost one game in three years was told, you can't defend your two straight national championships. The committee said, no, nah, we're not going to let Georgia in. So Georgia did not get beat by Michigan. They didn't beat the champion, Michigan. Yeah. They may have beat the Bulldogs uh, face-to-face, but we'll never know because of the idiots who run college football made sure that cannot happen this year. But next year, they can't escape it. Of course, Harbaugh is probably going to be gone then, so it won't matter. But I think Georgia, uh, Paul Feinbaum said today he thought Michigan would beat Georgia. I disagree. Mm. I think Georgia would still win, even though I think it would be a hell of a game. It would have been a much better game than what we got last night. Yeah. And it would have been much more interesting, frankly. Uh, Georgia enters the offseason as the uh, betting favorite to win next year's national championship. They're listed as 17-4 to 4 odds on ESPN Bet. Followed by Bama at six to one and Ohio State at eight to one. Uh, by the way, twenty-five million people watched the title game last night. Huh. Why? Why wouldn't Michigan even be in the top three or four of the people for next year? Was their quarterback leaving? Is he a senior? He's probably leaving, and a few others. But they think Harbaugh's probably leaving. Yeah. That's that's a consensus on that. Wow. Uh, now we wait to see if he stays in Ann Arbor, which brings us. To the Falcons search for a new coach. Ah, yes. The only way I can see why so-called general manager Terry Fontenot was not on the dais yesterday or even at the news conference is if they're going to hire a Bill Belichick or Harbaugh who will want full control, which means Fontenot is fired. Otherwise, Terry Fontenot has become a token hire for Arthur Blank. All that talk about DEI and diversity, that's great when you're taking photos, but it goes out the window of Dumb and Dumber, Blank and McKay, hire another white stiff. Speaking of which, how does Rich McKay, the poster child for white privilege, still have a job in the NFL? And why is he on that dais with blank? Does Artie need someone to deflect the blame or hold his hand? 
He says the fans need to breathe, Arthur does. Well, they've been breathing for this franchise since 1966, and all they've got to show for it is incompetent management. No Falcons fan has any confidence the same duo who screwed up all the other hires will do any better on this one. It's one bad hire after another. Despite all the hot air, the blank regime is exactly the same amount of Super Bowl appearances as the Smith family did. One. And the exact amount of Super Bowl wins, zero, nada, zilch. Blank says he thinks they're running a tight ship and doing a good job hiring the head coaches. If he ran Home Depot like this, they'd have gone the way of Magic Mart, Richway, Treasure Island, and Zayers. This is the most important coaching decision Blank will make, and if he blows this one too, we can look forward to having the opposing team's fans outnumber Falcons fans in the bins for years to come. That's my opinion. We welcome yours. Well, frankly, I think that's one of the best commentaries you've ever done. Well, thanks. And I think we should uh, put a mark on that flounder and tell the morning show they should play the damn thing in its entirety. Oh no, I'm serious. Okay. I, as long as you're taking holy crap at sports play as part nice. of the morning show now, you know, and they might as well just do the whole damn thing. Actually, you should uh, uh, tell me uh, Pete yeah. had a great commentary. No, I'm serious. We should play We're that in the morning brothers. time. Huh? We're a band of no, no, as a, they would help them. It'd be good for them. They'll, I guarantee they'd love it. I, I, I promise you, the morning show, if they come in tomorrow and they say, hey, guess what? Flounder says we've got a two-and-a-half-minute piece of audio that you don't have to worry about. We'll just play this, and you guys can take a break for two-and-a-half minutes. They'll be thrilled. And it's Pete Davis' commentary. This is per, I'm telling the Kimmer idea, check mark it and put it in for the morning team. I guarantee they'll love it, and they will play it. As, as soon as they see the subtitle, Kimmer idea, <laughs> it's you over. know where that's going. <laughs> <laughs> They've already got me on my deathbed, you know. Jesus, this morning, they were that's ripping true. me pretty good, you know. <laughs> it's all right. No, no, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> uh, I thought I was dead. I'm only an Alpharetta. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, the fallout continues. News in New Orleans over Jameis Winston going rogue and yeah. pretending to take a knee, then running a play for a late touchdown against the Falcons. Now head coach Dennis Allen's job is in danger since the players obviously don't respect him. As one old New York Giants player put it, if Tom Coughlin orders you to take a knee, you better have taken the knee. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Shannon Sharp called Jameis a loser with a loser mentality, and he would have cut his ass right there on the field. How bad is it in the Big Easy? They're looking at John Gruden to maybe have a role with the team. Oh, boy. That would be great. Bring John Gruden back. I'm all for it. <laughs> I Not love it. Arthur, yeah, I would like Really? He's, he's great. Yeah. Uh, if we can forgive Ray Lewis, the yeah. murderer's apprentice. Oh, come on. Yeah. If we can forgive Michael Vick. We can forgive a guy for running his mouth and saying bad things. Yeah. Plus, they Sorry, set him up. The whole head. thing was, a, you know, an inside oh. deal and everything. It was, it was that's nonsense. You can't you can't punish a guy for the rest of his freaking life for one of the one of the what thirty jobs in the world that go to guys like that and you know, punish him forever because of written stuff that they set him up for. Please. Yeah. Uh, not only is Arthur Smith out of a job, his former boss is too. Titans head coach Mike Vrabel fired. Both mm. he and Smith picked the wrong quarterbacks. Uh, uh, you know, yeah. you, when you put your whole career with Marcus Mariota, Desmond Ritter, and Ryan Tannehill, yeah, what do you think is going to happen? Yeah. Vrabel was the NFL's coach of the year just two years ago. And so right now there are six teams looking for a head coach in the National Football League. And a quarterback. Yeah. Uh, Grizzly superstar Ja Morant will undergo a season-ending surgery on his right shoulder. Oh, no. He suffered uh, some problem with his right shoulder during uh, practice the other day. Hmm. Uh, somewhere Allen Iverson is going, practice? I <laughs> <laughs> uh, had an MRI. He's got a labral tear. Ooh. I guess waving all those heavy guns around in discos can yeah. take a toll on the old shoulder. Yeah, golly, yeah. yeah. Stay out of prison that way, I guess, probably. <laughs> on this date, January 9th in 1811, 
the first women's golf tournament was held. In other news, women play golf. <laughs> Who knew? Well, Audrey Hepburn was a huge golfer with uh, Humphrey Bogart. Go watch her play at the uh, L.A. thing. Wasn't that here? No, that would be. Uh, oh no, Kate it was uh, it was a uh, Kate Hepburn, a uh, Catherine Hepburn. Kate That's Hepburn. What, I said. what did Spencer I say? Spencer Tracy. What did I say? So other than, other than Audrey Hepburn and <laughs> oh, Humphrey Bogart, Catherine Hepburn. You got everything right. <laughs> Absolutely correct. <laughs> Okay, then. 18... <laughs> Not easy being me. I was so close. <laughs> Missed it by that Well, you're, you're in your own reality. I have my own little head game going here. I have to look in every You don't want to be in here, trust me. <laughs> in 1894, in. the Boston Bean Eaters, their catcher, Charlie Bennett, <sighs> lost both of his legs in oh. a horrific train accident. <sighs> so his first team, the Detroit Wolverines, renamed their ballpark to Bennett Park in his honor. Well, I'll Isn't be darned. that nice of them? Yeah. Uh, 1958, Oscar Robertson of the Bearcats scored 56 points. Mm. His opponent, Seton Hall, scored 54. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> really back in his college days? With that? All it took was one Holy guy. Cow. One guy beat the whole team. One Holy guy. moly. <laughs> uh, last year at this time, this is good memories, Georgia fans. You beat number three TCU 65-7, to the most lopsided yeah. win in championship game history, yeah. and yet you were screwed out of a chance of defending your two-time national championships. It had been the first time since World War II that a team could have won three in a row, yeah. and the committee decided that after one loss in the SEC title game against Alabama by three points, you are no longer worthy yeah. to be in the college football playoff, yeah, which know. is just insanity. Yeah. Insanity. Not right. And la lastly, in 1952, the Marines announced a plan to recall Red Sox outfitter Ted Williams back to active duty. Williams had already missed three years uh, serving in World War II. The fighter pilot will fly, uh, fly 39 missions over Korea and survive a crash landing after being shot down by the enemy, it says here. Well, I would hope he wouldn't be shot down by His one of our guys. own. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Boys good. hated left-handers. <laughs> they, they say when he crashed that thing, it slid for like a mile. And he, it was on fire, and he just calmly got out and walked away from uh, it. That, that was a man, let me tell you. That, yeah. I mean, he, uh, again, two two wars. And it gave and all he did, and yet he still was out of out of baseball for what five years total, or what, yeah. I mean, it was unbelievable. I, I still say he passes Babe Ruth because he had over five hundred home runs and he missed five good years. Yeah, I say he would have probably passed Babe Ruth. Yeah, I, I and what a what a tough guy. I mean, just a, you know that whole generation. He was they, they, those were the guys who saved the planet, they literally saved mm -hmm. the world. Uh, tough guy. God, he didn't. He didn't. Did he ever finally acknowledge it? Was it his last bat? Was he had a home run on his last at bat? Did he finally? That I forgot. Did he finally tip his cap? Did he finally tip? No. He didn't do it uh, his whole life. He he never, it was, oh, I know what it was. Well, when he came back for a ceremony or something. I, tell, it, tell, the All Star Game. Yeah, it was the All Star was. Game. He came back in a golf cart. Tony Gwynn was with him, and he, and he finally tipped his cap yeah. to Fenway. And what was it? John Updike who said uh, in some article about him or book he says gods do not uh, wave goodbye yeah. or something like he that. never acknowledged the crowd on anything he just he didn't do it he's you know he says that's my job i'm going in this you know sit down and be no home. he he hated the red sox fans at that point. <laughs> he was not a fan of the fans no. uh, i love it uh, a couple of quick uh, sports birthdays pete if you don't mind sir uh chad ococino or ococino no. Ocho Cinco. Ocho Cinco. Ocho Cinco. Chad Ocho Cinco. Uh, Chad Ocho Cinco. What was his real name? I forgot. Oh, good. That's a good question. Isn't that a great question? That's, qu a, good that's a bar question, too. What was his real name? Chad? 
Do you know why he changed his name to Ocho Cinco? Uh, because it was the eighth day uh, anniversary of something. I forgot. No, his number is eight five. Eighty five. Ocho Cinco. Yeah, five and eight. Uh, Chad. God, what was his last name? I can't believe I didn't. You don't remember <laughs> Chad, either. You Chad should. Everett from the medical center. Yeah, there you go. Chad married Barbara Streisand or somebody. Uh, Chad Ocho Cinco is forty six. He has zero Super Bowl rings. It says here. <laughs> That's kind of mean. Either why? You know what? You got to point it out. <laughs> Play for the Bengals. He couldn't help. Yeah, it. true. He couldn't help. It's not his fault. Uh, and one more birthday, Pete. Muggsy Bogus or Bogue? Is it Bogues? Muggsy Bogues. As I for now, Muggsy Bogues, 59 years old, former NBA dunker, who was five foot three, yeah. and played in the NBA. And he could dunk. Didn't he dunk a ball? He could. Uh, what's it? The other there was another short guy could dunk too. Yeah, Spud Webb. Spud Webb. Hawks. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, with the Hawks. And he Muggsy actually Bogues, beat they... Michael Jordan in the slam dunk contest. That's right, Flounder. That's right. Was that was that uh, Muggsy or was that our... Uh, Spud Webb. Uh, Spud Webb, yeah. That's right. Beat uh, Michael Jordan. Uh, anyway, uh, all right, 520. God, it's 529. I, mean, I can't believe it. Uh, with the camera, Pete and Flounder. Coming up, uh, an update. The Trump thing went to court today, and uh, we'll give you an update on that. Plus, Valentine's Day candies for people who are in situationships. And the messages are just as blurry as what the hell that means. Coming up 5.30 with a Kimber Pete and Flounder. <laughs> Look out. <laughs> oh, my God. That's even before me. Mumbo, mumbo, That's Rosemary Clooney. Holy mackerel. 1955. Rosemary Clooney was number one in Britain with Mambo Italiano, the singer's second number one. The song was banned by all ABC-owned radio stations in America because it did not reach standards of good taste. Like making fun of Italians, maybe? 1955 didn't meet the standard of good taste. Rosemary Clooney? She's hardly a... Vamp or something. Anyway, the times have changed, that's for sure. 537, Kimmer, Pete, and Flounder. Our birthday list includes Kate Middleton, 42, Prince William's wife, and... <laughs> Sorry. Bless you. There's going to be another one. It's going to be another one. It's going to... <laughs> I usually do six. Uh, Kate Middleton, 42, Prince William's wife and mother of his kids. She's the Princess of Wales, uh, Kate Middleton. I'll bet she's a... Uh... I'll bet mm-hmm. she's high maintenance. I'll bet she's a struggle. No, she she's not. I just watched the episode of The Crown where they showed how they went to school together, her and William, and how they met. Yeah. And her mother set her up since she was a child, set her up to meet him and woo him. I'll be darned. Well, she's a, she's a, a seems like a sweet, pretty lady and uh, loves the crowds and uh, loves kids and does all the right things. Uh, yeah. But but I've, I've I've been reading stuff that I think she had a lot to do with uh, the whole business with the uh, now the band uh, royal people uh, what's his name and his uh, Hollywood wife there and stuff and I good think, yeah anyway uh, uh, Kate Middleton's birthday forty two and then uh, there you go five thirty eight uh, on this day in history nineteen oh talk about times have changed nineteen oh two New York the state introduced a bill to outlaw flirting in public 
No flirting in public in New York State in 1902. Did anybody flirt anymore? I don't think people even flirt anymore. I'll bet you. I'll bet you girls find it offensive. I'll bet you they. I'll bet you they. If you're flirting with a girl, I bet she thinks it's stupid and silly and that she's offended. I don't know. Who knows? Who cares? <laughs> Five stage. Uh, five. <laughs> I don't even remember. <laughs> five thirty nine. <laughs> well, like, come up. You come up to him now, yeah. and you say, "I bet that you can make me laugh, and if you make me laugh, I'll take you home with me." And no matter what she does, just go. <laughs> okay, let's go. Yeah, you win. <laughs> it's like the guy in the golf course with a girl, and and you make a bet, and he says, "Well, if, if you sink that, uh, you know, I'll let you do anything you want to with me." And then she gets over. The putt, he says, That's good. <laughs> That's good. No, pick it up. <laughs> pick it up. <laughs> uh, 539. I'm sorry, silly. It's a silly joke quote. Uh, Georgia DA Fanny Willis was cheating with a guy who was married, and then she hired him, Nathan Wade, a private attorney, to do the job that she should have had assigned to a member of her staff, uh, Fanny Chicken Liver, the disgrace of Fulton County, uh, who uh, we apparently, uh, the word was that she was banging at least one of the guys on the uh, on the uh, slime thug uh, uh, gangbanger trial. Uh, so, and now apparently she'd been gang. I've been banging this guy Nathan Wade, and then hired him, paid him seven hundred thousand dollars in legal fees, and then went on vacations with him to the Caribbean and Napa Valley and stuff like that. Uh, and uh, so the people are going nuts. This guy uh, Michael Roman filed a charge against her to have her disqualified, and the case thrown out. This is the case against Donald Trump for Rico uh, uh, Rico violations. And now uh, Trump's attorneys are saying she and this lawyer ought to be charged with a RICO violation. A predicate act could result in the charge for both the DA and a special prosecutor. And by the way, this guy apparently has met at least twice with members of the White House uh, legal team. And that was before they came down with the indictments. So uh, the panel of three judges heard from Donald Trump today on whether he should even be sued in the Jack Smith investigation. This is the other one, one of the other four that's going on here, and whether the president has absolute immunity. But again, this Fannie Willis case, apparently this guy, DA guy, met with the White House counsel a couple of times before they filed the uh, 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 charge against him. And then she paid him $700,000, and then he used it to take vacations together. And by the way, she had apparently had the court document of his divorce sealed when somebody discovered it. Uh, so, uh, she, he filed for divorce uh, the day after she hired him. <laughs> I mean, come, this whole thing just stinks. Fanny, Fanny Willis, Fanny, Fanny, you wore green so you could hide. You're a tramp. Oh, ooh, that was a good one. But you're not too lean, too mean. Fanny. Oh. <laughs> Who hasn't got the hots for Fanny? I guess, you know, she likes the, likes the guys. You got to give her credit. Anyway. Uh, relationships, 541. Uh, let's see. Oh, have you heard about this sister? Uh, we were talking about a job. We, t- we talked at length earlier today, in case you missed it, about uh, people getting jobs in the Gen Z's and uh, Gen Zers in particular and how they're struggling to make work and life meet and they don't have any time and they're not making enough money and they're complaining. In fact, should we play the soundbite again of that, of that lady? Uh, Pete, you want to play the soundbite of that girl complaining yeah. on... Because on, then I got something uh, about the way uh, relationships are working the States. Here was a young girl, a Gen Xer, a Gen Zer, a Gen Zer. So she's like, I think she's 23 or something. And she was complaining about how hard it is uh, because of the people who went, like us, who went before her to make her life more difficult than it should be. I cannot stand how the news has been dogging Gen Z and calling them lazy for not wanting to work a nine to five for the rest of their lives. Let me put it in perspective for everybody who's a little confused here, okay? I work five days out of the week, 
40 hours a week, okay? I do not make okay. enough to live on my own. I would not make enough to pay rent, water, electric, and eat. All by myself. I would not be capable of doing that. 20 years ago when you were getting started, you could live on your own. 20 years ago when you first started, you were able to do everything that I am now struggling to do. Let me add another perspective here. You've been working for 20 years. You have 20 years of working experience behind your belt. You have 20 years of experience in a career that has allowed you to gain raises, to get more money, to profit you in an economy that you created. You can sit here and you can call Gen Z lazy all you want, but I've been working my tail end off just to barely make it by. And respectfully, I don't want to do that for the rest of my life. I don't want to work my tail end off, wasting all of my life working just to barely be able to pay my bills. And that is what you created, not Gen Z. We're just here getting started. You've been doing it for the last 20 years. You tell me how it got ruined. We can sit here and we can call Gen Z lazy all you want, but you let the economy turn into what it did. You let it all run to hell Ooh. and now it's gen z's fault because we don't want to work to fix your mistakes you know again the thing that struck me is the attitude is that she is so angry it's not that she's upset or depressed or afraid she can't make ends meet or that she you know has comments about her lack of ability or something she's mad she's freaking furious and angry as though she deserves to have a better start in life than well, anyone uh, else did. I, I disagree. I think we're taking this. Our first reaction to the knee-jerk thing is, go, oh, she's just lazy. She, don't, blah, blah. she acts like she is working. She is trying to work. She at least is working 40 hours a week, which, unfortunately, most of her people of Gen Z probably aren't even doing 40 hours. She at least cares enough to say something that she wants things to be better. And let's face it, we haven't done a great job of being a steward of this country. Our parents didn't do a great job of steward of this country. Nobody has since the World War II greatest generation has done a good job as being stewards of this country. Let's, let's face it, we screwed up the best country in the world. Well, it's a it was my generation, the baby boomers, who messed it up. Our parents were the ones who saved the planet. The World War II generation right. saved everything and gave us everything. They gave us subdivisions, communities, suburbs, jobs, explosion of, I mean, all the things Spare that time. happened. Everything. Uh, and they gave it all to us. And we're the ones who have now spurred, uh, spawned no. uh, the offspring and uh, have gotten in the situation we're in now. It's easy to explain it. It's been done a thousand times. Hard times create hard men yeah. who make good times. Good times make weak men. Weak men make bad times. Bad times bring hard men. So unfortunately, Gen Z and who follows them, they're either going to have to buck up yeah. or they're lost. Yeah, yeah. Well, again, there was a woman we had earlier I talked about, a girl named Susie, 23 years old, Louisiana. So she can't do it. At the end of the day, she's so ex exhausted from working 9 to 5, a 9 to 5 job, and she can't go to the gym, and she can't you know, make good meals, so she has to have fast food, and she's getting fat and ugly, and she's out of shape, and she's, she wants the whole world to be like her. <laughs> That's the ones you call the lady. I mean, come on, how hard it is, really. Uh, but again, you know, those of us who, you know, we, we had to work, as in my, we had to have jobs. I was nine years old and had a paper route route and i had to get on my bike at six o'clock in the morning and go deliver papers on my bicycle in the winter time and the snow and stuff i mean you know just, we had to have job on vacations we had to work we had to have part-time jobs on vacations anyway uh times are sure different oh god are we already late for a break i can't believe it 5 46 uh with the kimber pete and flounder uh and uh there's a situation ships valentine's day candy issue coming up here next i promise i'll get to it look out
551, how you doing? It's only me, it's only the Kimmer with Pete and Flounder. And it sounds like a Rod Stewart song here. No, uh, no, this is widespread panic. Widespread panic, of course. Way off. <laughs> Not even close. <laughs> Which is me, basically. <laughs> uh, 551 with a Kimmer Pete Flounder, how's it going? And I understand history. In 1936, the U.S. Army adopted the semi automatic rifle. No answer. On uh, this day in 2007, <laughs> Steve Jobs unveiled the iPhone. In its first 10 years, Apple sold more than 1.2 billion iPhones in in its first 10 years worldwide. 1.2 billion in 10 years. And I just got my uh, new one, the i14. I didn't get the 15, <laughs> and uh, which I'm still trying to figure out how to use. Everything's different, but it's fine. Uh, and uh, on this day in 2002, Yasmin Bleeth. Which one? Was she the uh, the uh, beach girl, uh, Yasmin? She Blake. was on Baywatch, yeah. Baywatch, She's yeah. the brunette. Yeah, yeah uh, hot 2002, mm-hmm. Yasmin got two years probation for a coke bust. In her car, police found syringes with liquid cocaine inside, plus a baggie with some powdered blow, and there was even more Bolivian marching powder in her hotel room. That was very bad by Jasmine. It's always funny when you watch cops, you know, the, the show, yeah. and they, they find this. I don't know whose that is, and I don't know how that got there, yeah, officer. I, I, just, I don't know. <laughs> it was in your underpants, sir. How? <laughs> 553 with a Kirapete flounder. Okay, the word, I think this is I think this is the greatest cover-up of a mistake in the history of food processing. The uh, Sweetheart's Limited Edition Situationship Candy is making news. The company that makes the uh, sweet, the Spangler Candy Company makes little uh, candy hearts. And they have little sayings on them. I'm sure you've seen them a million times. Their little Valentine's Day set of boxes are now launching a limited edition Valentine's Day box set for those who are in a, quote, situation ship. The newly designed release showcases blurry and misprinted heart-shaped candies that are intentionally difficult to read, just like Gen Z relationships. In other words, if it says, I love you, it might say, fool, and you can't quite read it. And so they're saying, well, it's like you Gen Zers have, have, have situationships. They, they say, the company says the printing on sweethearts isn't always perfect. This is our way of embracing those imperfections in a way that taps into pop culture. Situationship was a finalist for the Oxford Dictionary Word of the Year. It's defined as a romantic or sexual relationship that is not considered to be formal or established. They uh, came out with a situation ship boxes on the morning of January 8th and they're sold out. So they're going to make some more. They're encouraging confused singles, you Gen Zers, to get them while they last and give the gift as blurry as their relationships. Situationships characterized by a lack of obligation or exclusivity, but the real hallmark is a lack of clear boundaries or labels. These are elements of friendship and romance, but they exist without defining the relationship. Essentially, you have many levels of benefits of a traditional relationship without having to make a commitment. There's a little more than friends with benefits, but still, now, I think the guy, you know, they said, oh, crap, another crappy bunch of them. I know, let's make up a new word. Let's, uh, let's sell these as special. I mean, I guarantee you, they're just bad, you know, bad examples of their work. But you got to give it to them. They're sold out. 
So what do I know? Uh, Five fifty-five. Uh, Pete, what do you mm-hmm. think about this? The uh, the Pope is calling for a ban on surrogacy parenthood. The Pope is calling for a universal ban on what he calls the despicable practice of surrogate motherhood, including the commercialization of pregnancy in an annual speech listing threats to global peace and human dignity. Never should we have a commercial contract for surrogacy Hmm? parents. Uh, What if people want a baby? I mean, Hmm. what's wrong with wanting a baby and and you can't have one? Of all things going on, that's what the... This is, and he calls it despicable. I mean, I, I, it seems to me that if you have a chance, a woman to carry your baby, you'd take. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I maybe I'm. I don't know. I'm, I'm a white male. Yeah. What do I know? Thank God, I'm, I, I'm Protestant. Okay. Yeah, I don't care. I don't get any <laughs> of this. Yeah, well, you and I are being ordained ministers. You know, we have kind of a special lot here. Like uh, is he? Well, there you go. Five fifty. Yeah. So five fifty six. With a kipper feet and around there. We have another founders funny. If you got one back, yeah, let's do one. We got a little time for it. I kind of ending the last part of the show with a little something for our Flounders uh, Files. You hear a lot about the charity work I do, and it's because I don't do any. <laughs> this is Daniel Tosh. Uh, you know it's better feel? than tax write-offs? Keeping your money. That's just a fun joke to tell rich people. It's not true. Uh, I work with Make-A-Wish all the time. That's an incredible experience. Uh, for me, not the kids that are dying. <laughs> chose to hang out with me. They knew what kind of jokes I told. They were okay with it. I don't care. As soon as I meet them, I start giving it to them. Like, you sure you're dying? You know this is my weekend, right? I'm dying. Like, all right, let's go. Don't cough on me, mother They want to be teased like anybody else. They can handle it. Trust me. They've handled a lot worse. This kid I was hanging out with last year, a bunch, was 17. I'm like, this is awesome that you're dying now. You got this in right under the wire. If you don't know, the organization is 18 and under. <laughs> so if you're dying of cancer at 19, they're like, hope your dreams are cheap. Oh, man. If you're laughing right now, it's because you're a good person. And you realize how absurd that statement is to think that they draw a hard line. But it's funny to think they might be holding their doors shut. Oh, you can't get in, kid. You're too old. And they don't even have to hold tight because the kids are so weak. <laughs> because the disease is winning. Don't feel bad for this kid. The first thing he said when he met me was, he told me I was his third choice. And to this day, I don't know if he was f***ing kidding or not. <laughs> uh, 5.58 with a Kimber Pete and Flounder. Daniel Toss. Pretty, pretty, didn't he, he just came on and he, he said people... He, we to, we uh, talked about him a few weeks ago. He was the one that had said, I welcome cancel culture. Yeah. He said, uh, if you do something stupid, you should have to pay for it. If you, you say something offensive, then you should have to pay for it. And I'm thinking, well, I mean, that's true. However, and, we're, we're and getting a little ridiculous that. now. You don't want to lose a career because of something you said in a tweet eight years ago. You know, I mean, it's a little ridiculous at this point. Uh, anyway, maybe some good news out there. A, a 16-year-old girl from Ohio was missing, and they found her in Florida. A guy had gone to, a 31-year-old man had gone to pick her up at her home in Florida, drove her I mean, in Ohio, drove her to Florida to have sex with her. He wanted to marry her and have a relationship with her. She turned on his computer to log on to an online video game, and that's how the police found where she was from Ohio to Florida, and they caught her and arrested him. So that's the good news. Also, in case there was a question about it, adults 50 or older 
uh, who live alone, if you live with a pet, you have much less decline in verbal memory and verbal fluency loss than those without one, which could explain why the Kimmer sometimes have trouble has trouble remembering words. Like I just did a little grammatical exercise there. Uh, if you have a pet, you do better with fluency, memory, and cognition, ability to remember things. If you're over 50 and you have a pet, you're better off than guys like me who are not and don't. Anyway, God bless America. Pete Flounder, it's over to the Kimmer. See you tomorrow. I got to go. You're killing me. Well, look out. Coming up at 6. Is this the year you want to grow your business? Do you want to expand your team? Build a new office? Hey, it's Tug, and I want to tell you about First Liberty Building and Loan. Aren't you exhausted by going to lenders, building a relationship, and a week later, you're dealing with a new person? You won't have to with First Liberty Building and Loan. The Frost family has been helping businesses grow since the 90s, and they can help you too. They know the patterns, they know the ebbs and flows, and they know business. Now the Frost family wants to know you. FirstLibertyGA.com. Buying a building, building a building, buying a franchise, or expanding. Reach out and spend 10 minutes with them. See if you're a fit for them and if they're a fit for you. FirstLibertyGA.com. By the way, if you're a young banker and you want to work with a team that's faith-friendly with a culture of excellence, First Liberty might be a good match. Reach out to First Liberty Building and Loan at FirstLibertyGA.com. That's FirstLibertyGA.com.